now. Okay. Down to business. I got my wild cherry diet Pepsi. And uh, I got my blackjack gum here. And I got that feeling. Mm. Yeah, that familiar feeling that something rank is going down out there. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh, I'm here to fucking amuse you. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get together, have a few laughs. you! As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You ever seen a grown man naked? As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered To me, being a gangster was better than being president of the United States. Even before I first wandered into the cab stand for an after-school job, I knew I wanted to be a part of them. It was there that I knew that I belonged. And to me, it meant being somebody in a neighborhood that was full of nobodies. They weren't like anybody else. I mean, they did whatever they wanted. They double parked in front of a hydrant and nobody ever gave them a ticket. In the summer, when they played cards all night, nobody ever called the cops. Must I forever be a beggar? All right, folks, what is going on? It is Saturday night. It is Hollywood Hangout. I am David Richardson. That's right. Some of you still aren't used to hearing that one. And um, it's uh, 
this is a kind of a different show. Um, we are going to be talking about Ray Liotta tonight, who uh, we lost just a couple of days ago. Um, thought it was only right to do a show on him since I hadn't announced anything on Wednesday. And I am not alone tonight, folks. Some of you said it couldn't happen. Some said it wouldn't happen, but it has, and I am excited. Um, this is a bittersweet one because I am actually doing this show with, uh, I have someone here you guys won't believe. Hollywood Hangout goes OG. It is Anthony. What is up, my brother? What's going on, Box? What's going on, chat room? Uh, guess who's back? Yeah. Back again. Guess that who, guy named Ant. Guess who's back in town? <laughs> <laughs> See, I should have had the boys are back. I should have had the the bus stop boys for us, Anthony. <laughs> I should have had Look, the bus man, stop like, boys. Uh, yeah, I, I wish it was under better circumstances. I wish we could talk about this man, this gentleman, in the uh, present and not the past tense. But I had to be a part of uh, one third of my favorite movie of all time. No longer being with us, I, ha- I had to be a part of this one. Had yeah, to. yeah, this is definitely. Um, and you're and you're most definitely right. Better circumstances would be a lot better. But I'll tell you, man, it's um, this guy was an amazing actor. And as I was watching movies with him in it, because I did that this week, um, I realized, my God, this guy is like a mega actor. And I'm sitting there watching um, John Q. And I'm sitting there watching him and Robert Duvall in a scene. And I'm like, holy shit, the mega powers are about to explode right here. I mean, two amazing actors. Robert Duvall is a fucking powerhouse, dude, as far as I'm concerned. And Ray Liotta in that scene, which we'll play later. We have a bunch of clips. It's going to be a fun one, folks. It's going to be a fun one, even though it's, uh, like I said, not the greatest circumstances. Um, but we're still going to have a good time. Still going to have a good time, Anthony. So I guess we can just kick it off, man. I'm trying to figure out where we start. Obviously, I could have just played the, you know, the, the a few seconds of the... Uh, beginning right there but i thought i'd get a little bit of what it meant to him to be a gangster in that movie and um you know that was a wasn't his first movie anthony but it was definitely an early movie for him Mm -hmm. um and you know going back to uh let's see first of all let's just start with a little bit of ray liotta about the man i guess we need to get into a little bit um and you know what let's get into some of the things he's done more than just movies and TV, Anthony. Okay. Guy did a Kel- K-Tell's Love Songs of the 50s TV commercial. That was actually his first thing he ever did was a, one of those, you know, one of those commercials that you would see late at night for the, the CDs and shit. Back then it was albums, though. Wow. Nice. In 2004, he did a Heineken commercial in the UK. 2013, the Cuervo commercial. I don't know if you remember those. I remember those. No, I remember the the, hook, the tequila commercials for the Cuervo, and recently yeah. in 2018 he did a uh, one for Chantix, the prescription non-smoking aid. Mm-hmm. That's just a few things he did outside of just movies. Thought I would mention them real quick, get them out of the way. But man, um, let's see here, Anthony. We got 126 credits to this man's name. Number one, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot. That's a lot. That's number one. Number two, um, if you want to put any sort of, uh, you know, I I guess if you want a small silver lining to this, he still has stuff that was in the middle of filming 
and he has two things that were in post-production, um, one completed and another TV series completed. So he does have more things we are going to see coming out. I don't know what they're going to do with the last three. He had a movie called The Substance he was filming, Dangerous Waters, and April 29th, 1992. Was that the... Wait a minute. Why does that sound like the date of the riots? It might be. That was. A shopkeeper must save his son from an angry mob during the 1992 L.A. uprising after the Rodney King. I'm like, that sounds like the time when the riots were happening. I think the the riots were three. I think they started three days before. I think it was April twenty sixth, to be honest. But um, so there you go. Uh, some I don't know how deep in that movie they were. Nothing really announced on it. But um, we will still have more. We're going to have El Tonto coming out with him, and something called Cocaine Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> Should we pop that one up, Anthony? I think we should pop that one up. Uh, Let me just add, I got to ask, is that like the unofficial sequel of Goodfellas? No. Because he did have a cocaine problem in that movie? <laughs> no, it's not actually, but here it is. It's uh, It tells the story of a drug runner whose plane crashes with a load of cocaine that's found by a black bear who eats it. <laughs> so much wrong with that sentence you just said, Box. So much wrong. <laughs> Y'all can talk to IMDb about that fucking uh, description right there for the movie. I can't do anything about it. Wow, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but anyway, I guess we should go back, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, um, <laughs> if I may uh, add a little two cents here. Of course. Um, I've been uh, going down the rabbit hole the past couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, more than just Goodfellas, I promise. More than just Goodfellas. I actually watched the uh, movie that got him the Goodfellas role. Uh, it's a movie called Something Wild. Uh, so the story goes that Martin Scorsese saw him in this movie and knew instantly that's the person that he needed for uh, Goodfellas. Wow. And uh, if you see this movie, you'll get why. Because basically it's a movie starring uh, Jeff Daniels, a prime Melanie Griffin. And when I say prime, <laughs> prime Melanie, 1986 Melanie Griffin. Got to see this movie box. Mm-hmm. Um so she plays this girl named Lulu, and she's a bit of a free-spirited girl, and uh, Jeff Daniels' character is very straight-laced, very by the book. They meet in a diner, and essentially she basically takes Swiss him away on the weekend of wild fun to basically get him to come out of the show a little bit, you know, not be so much of a square. Mm-hmm. Ray Liotta is her ex-convict husband, who uh, basically comes back into the picture. And uh, if you remember Joe Pesci's character in Goodfellas, he essentially played that type of character, but you saw elements of the Henry Hill character, uh, where he was like that loose. Can- yeah, he was a loose cannon, but it was almost like calculated. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And you know, it's kind of funny that um, not funny, but it's almost coincidental because just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about Henry Hill when I did the My Blue Heaven episode. Loose that movie's loosely based on Henry Hill's life when he was in Witness Protection. Wow. So strange little tie-in right there that just a couple of weeks later, this awful, definitely tragedy happened. And, um, you know, I, I don't think anything has come out yet right now. It's just saying that the man uh, right now, he just died in his sleep, which I uh, hate to tell you. But if, if I'm going to go, that's one way I would that's one way I would want to go. Just I felt I, I just don't wake up. Yeah, that's the best way to go because uh, apparently he was in the Dominican Republic um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and li- literally as early as like a couple days before, you know, he was seen in public 
good spirits, you know, taking pictures with fans, autographs, the whole bit. Right. He didn't seem off. You know, and that's normally how it goes. You know, when somebody's about to go, they always say, like, in the days leading up to it, they're like, they seem like good spirits, mm-hmm. almost like they made peace with everything and they just kind of like squaring everything away. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually checking out that movie, Something Wild, right now, actually, on IMDb. Well, actually, you can see that, Anthony, because you can see my screen. Um, <laughs> and wow, Melanie Griffith. Yeah, wow. Yes. Melanie Griffith and- looks uh, different. <laughs> Yes, and there's a topless scene in there, so that should give you some more incentive to uh, watch oh. the movie box. I was trying to get a f- I, I watched a couple of, of movies today. Um, finished John Q. I never finished it last night. I actually fell asleep, and um, I, 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 I had to watch Goodfellas. It, it's, I mean, it just had to be done. So I yeah. did watch Goodfellas. Um, I watched Identity uh, the other night, which is, honestly, I love that movie with him and John Cusack. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that one a little bit later. But, um, yeah, th- and that was another uh, movie. Like you said, 1986 was definitely an early movie for him. Um, that movie actually got him a little more, too. It got him um, Field of Dreams. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Anthony. Uh, I don't I don't believe I did. I've, I've seen parts. Like I, obviously, the famous quote from that. But mm-hmm. that's when I really sat down and uh, actually watched all the way through. But I will. It's on the uh, list. Yeah, it's uh, not. It's been a long time since I've seen this movie. <laughs> to be honest with you, a very long time. But I do remember scenes of it, and I do remember Ray Liotta in it, um, and of course, and, you know, James Earl Jones is in it. You can't forget that voice. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to blow your mind box, but uh, guess what I found out? What? There's actually a sequel to uh, Field of Dreams. There's a Field of Dreams too that came out in 2011. Really? Yes, sir. If you want to type it in IMDb, it, it's a real thing. I might just have to do that. Let me actually. I don't know why I closed that. I'm going to reopen that screen. Well, I mean, it's like what I the other day I found out they made uh, seven Tremors movies. Did you know that? No. I watched all seven. I didn't, I don't, I, all seven. All seven. The last two are absolutely god-awful. But they did kill off Bert, which was Michael Gross, who was in all of them. So I'm thinking it's probably over at this point. Uh, let's see. Field of... Man, how can you have two two dreams like that? Yeah, trust me. This, I'm like, this had to be oh, a straight-to-DVD. 25 years later. Oh, Timothy Busfield. Oh, this was... Oh, Timothy Busfield's a, a more behind-the-scenes guy. Um... Oh my God! There's not even a, there's not even a plot. No, I think this is a documentary. Let me see. Let me see here. It looks like it might have been. It's got Dwyer Brown, Timothy Busfield, Kevin Costner. Yeah, this looks like it might have been kind of a, just a. They cut, caught up with the cast twenty five years later. Even Bob Costas. Oh, no. no, try typing in "Field of Dreams" too. Lockout. It'll come up. Oh wait a minute. All right, I typed the wrong thing here. Let me control. Oh, that's gonna be bad. All right, Field of Dreams. Take that out. Let's see what comes up here. Lockout? Yep, Field of Dreams 2, lockout. (laughs) They were locked out. Why were they locked out? I believe this one is about a football team. Yeah, oh, here it is, here it is. Oh, it's a short. It is about the NFL. And it's a short, though. That's weird. Okay, here it comes. A small town, Iowa. Oh, God, who's this kid? Taylor. This is the flippy-dippy kid from Grown Ups, too. 
isn't it? Is it? I think so. And from uh, what was that? Shark Boy and Lava. This is the kid from Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And grown yeah. and grown ups too. The flippy kid. All right, he's in it. Tony Gonzalez. All right, it doesn't. All right, small town Iowa farmer fed up with the NFL lockout decides to build his own football field. Oh, okay. So this is like the same thing with football. Yeah, this looks. Um... <clears throat> All right, Dennis Haysbert is in it. Dennis Haysbert I like. Ray Liotta's in it too, though. Kevin Costner is in this. So it's uh, it's got some tie-ins to it. Deshaun Jackson's in it. How bad could it be, Anthony? Seriously. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, put it... Put, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get a Waterworld too. Um, this- no. <laughs> No, that movie got like the worst. Like the critics wanted to like put that movie in the in the trash can and just blow it up or something. They did not like that movie at all, at all, not at all. Um, but uh, we've got, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I really the next movies, Anthony, after the nineteen eighty nine was nineteen ninety, which was Goodfellas. So we can talk about Goodfellas a little bit now, okay? I, I appreciate you being patient. I do. <laughs> yeah, you know, trust me, I have it ready. We've got plenty of clips ready for this movie, too, honestly, because um, it's just a, a movie that's got so many quotable scenes. It's just one of those movies that you just have to play some clips of. This show plays clips. It's what we do. Yeah. And uh, right off the bat, before you hit the clip uh, button over there, Box, i got to say one thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, David. I mean, you're professional now. I tumble to whatever you want to call me, man. Anything, don't worry. <laughs> no, um, and and it's one of those things where, like I've said many times on many platforms, that Goodfellas is my favorite movie, and it, it's sad that it kind of took me this long to kind of realize it. But when you look, think about this movie in totality and like what makes it so special, and it's like everybody involved plays their part super well, and I feel like it's the perfect movie where you I wouldn't change a thing about it, like literally. From the score to the performances to just everything about it. But when you really think about the three principles, um, De Niro, Leota, Pesci, De Niro obviously is the star who gave it that credibility. Joe Pesci is like the uh, the spark plug, the firecracker that creates all the chaos that keeps everything fun and exciting. But when you really stop and think about it, Ray Liotta was the glue. Mm-hmm. He was the nucleus. Like he wasn't, I mean, he stood out, but he wasn't necessarily like, at that particular point in time, didn't have the star power of a De Niro, wasn't really like the, you know, crazy guy like Pesci was, but he was the nucleus that kind of kept the story flowing in terms of being like the uh, base of what the movie was, the character that the movie was based, centered around, Mm -hmm. where he was basically telling the story from his perspective and the narration. I can't stress it enough. People got to realize, like, it's not just about sitting in the studio and reading. You have to have inflection. You have to, like, literally have like the tone for the set the moment for this like literally if you look look at that movie from beginning to end you can literally hear like the change in his vo- voice with each scene like you know you can tell when he's like calm it goes from calm to cool collected to to almost panic mm-hmm. like the last 30 to 45 minutes to me best uh series of scenes you'll ever see on caption on film yeah it's great now you know I, I totally agree with that and people it's it's almost like when you watch that movie you almost forget Ray Liotta is the narrator 
Yeah. And you're just, because you're just, he's just telling the, the, the life story. And you forget that's a narrating, that, that's a narration of the movie. It's not just <clears throat> commentary with the movie. It's exactly, you know, it's it's good and you're right. He definitely was more of the star than the two bigger, you know, not bigger star. De Niro, a bigger star, definitely. But he was the main star in that movie. The movie was about Henry Hill and his life. And, yeah. and I mean, it wasn't about Jimmy Conway. It wasn't about Robert De Niro. It wasn't about Tommy. It was about Henry Hill. And, you know, De Niro might have been the biggest star in that movie, but uh, Henry Hill and Ray Liotta, definitely. I, I agree with you. They were more than the glue. Yeah. And the funniest part is, like, whenever um, I see, like, documentaries where people talk about, like, Henry Hill and that type of thing, they said, <laughs> like, if you ever seen a real Henry Hill? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Liotta playing him was an upgrade. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like Ray Liotta <laughs> is nothing in terms of like, like put it to you like this: real gangsters that were around Henry Hill that knew Henry Hill, they said he was not. I mean, God bless Hollywood, God bless Ray Liotta, but they said the real Henry Hill was nothing like that. No, no, no. <laughs> and the, like, no, and the real Tommy was nothing like that. The real Tommy was like a six foot three uh, built guy. Honestly, Tommy wasn't like that. You know, all these movies take liberties. I mean, you know, Donnie Brasco, a ton of bullshit. I mean, Anthony, we I almost cried during Bloodsport. Uh, <laughs> Check that out in the archive. I'm sure that's still available. It is. They're all available. <laughs> Just go to Anchor. They're all on Anchor right now. Um, but, you know, I guess before we get to the uh, actual... Um, clips for that. There's a little clip I have of Ray Liotta on a talk show, and he's actually talking about Pesci and some real wise guys kind of in that movie. It's about a three-minute clip, but um, here we go. Let me go. Last and, month, here we Goodfellas go. is, one, of, in my opinion, one of the greatest movies. <laughs> I've seen that movie, I don't know, 80 times or something like that. You guys celebrated the 25th anniversary last month. Yeah. You all got together. Was that, was that, seems like it would be fun, but maybe not. I don't no, know. No, 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 It was great seeing everybody. Uh, Bob was there, De Niro, Lorraine. Pesci didn't make it, though. Oh, he didn't? No, he sent a letter. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. How old-fashioned. And then Bob read it. <laughs> Did he really? And basically it said, sorry, I can't be there. <laughs> but the he what the f yeah. He even curses when he writes. He's a funny guy. <laughs> that is, that might be the greatest scene ever. I mean, really, that, it still makes me nervous, even though I know what's happening in that scene. <laughs> oh, thanks. Now, Goodfellas, you, you, ride, you learn to ride a horse. Do you learn to be a mobster for a movie like that? And can you even? The, well, they said they gave me a guy who used to be a cop, whose family was in the mob, and he later went mob. And uh, I, I remember one day we, 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 go to, we go to lunch, right? We go, we get there eating and I wanted to pay. He's, he's, you know, he's telling me things and, and sharing things. My, my wallet's not there. Like, what the heck? Oh my gosh, what do I do with my wallet? We go back. Now, this is like in Queens. People all over the place walking up and down and all of a sudden I walk, boom, there's my wallet. There's no question. He, he, he took it from me. He took it from me and then I guess after he threw it on the street and said, oh look, there it is. <laughs> Why do you think that happened? He had a... He had... He's a douche. 
All right, well, that's a good reason. But he's a douche with a heart of gold, it well, sounds like. I guess. Was the money still in it? Uh, yeah, whatever it was, he well, just he clipped me. Yeah, he did, did he want to show you what he could do, or he's just maybe? I don't know, but he did. <laughs> do you find, when you run into guys, um, especially Italian guys, do they, like, they kind of try to get you to put them in movies and get them in movies? No, but it did happen the, the, the night that I got the part. Lorraine and I found out. We, we went to Marty's apartment, then we went to a place called Rayo's. You know it? Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, and then we, we went there, we're having a nice dinner. Then all of a sudden, uh, towards the dessert, all these guys start coming up. And basically, they, they were auditioning, but they, but they did it uh, by saying, I knew a guy who did this. Then the other one tops it, I knew a guy who did that. And their stories got worse and worse. And you know they were talking about themselves. <laughs> so they were just, no, I got some. You think that's a whacking? It's it that kind of thing. Wow, you don't have to be in the FBI. You just tell people you're directing a movie, and you'll get <laughs> yeah, all the know, information you need. <laughs> I love that. Why do you think he did that? The guy's a douche. I don't know. And that had to be, now if you think about 90s, that had to be 2015, a 25-year anniversary. I think, or did you say a 25 or 30? 25. 25 years, so that had to be 2015. And I mean, you know, he he was a little while after Anthony, he did that Shades of Blue. And I remember I talked about that because I was watching that show. And he looked a little rough in that show. He did look a little rough in that show. I, 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 did, I do remember saying that. But... Um, that's neither here nor there. The one scene he was talking about, though. Yes, yes. Was the you think I'm funny scene. I have it yeah. in the intro. But you know I'm going to play it. Yeah. You, it's four minutes I, long. We're going to get a break here, Anthony. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, it's like such an iconic scene. And, and you got to look at it like this. Obviously, people remember, you know, Pesci's like that escalation of violence and danger of, oh, what is he going to do? Is he about to kill this guy in front of us? Oh, no. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I want you to pay close attention to the reactions. I feel like Ray Liotta in that scene, nobody else could have uh, pulled that scene off. He was the perfect straight man in that scene. Oh, God. It, it, like, it, like, like it, seriously, it. like, I don't care. Like, as much as the, uh, the, um, what's a good way of putting it? The, uh, the color analyst, let's just say that, um, in that scene, uh, Joe Pesci was the color analyst. Best analogy I could think of. Yeah. No matter how engaging or entertaining that color analyst is, you need just as good of a straight man to bounce off of. Yeah. Because without Ray Liotta to bounce off of in that scene, I don't think it would have been as memorable. No, no. And I mean, Ray Liotta looked scared. And he's right. Like like uh, Kimmel just that was Jimmy Kimmel, I think. Uh, like he just said, you know, I'm scared every time I watch it, and I know what's going to happen. Because they're such good fucking actors, man. They're so good. They're so good. And Ray Liotta's not only the reaction, but afterwards when he fun when he knows he's fucking around, the laugh, the the reaction. You really are a funny guy. And he's grabbing his chest, and he's no. got, he's got this like fucking madman face on. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. No. He talked about like scared. I, I can actually relate to what uh, Jimmy's saying there because right before you know he starts to like go into it, hey Tom, Tommy, what? he didn't mean yo Anthony. He's a big boy. He know what he said. I'm like I felt like he was talking to me in that moment. Yeah. Like, every time I hear, <laughs> every time I hear Anthony, I'm like oh, am I next? Like <laughs> all right, I'll shut the fuck up. I'm not even talking. I'm watching you. <laughs> all right, man. Uh -huh. 
Let's do it. Let's take a little break and play this clip. This is the uh, one of the most uh, memorable, quotable, greatest scenes I think that uh, Scorsese might have ever put out. And uh, both these actors, like Anthony just said, make this scene great. So here we go. Oh, oh, go oh, ahead. real quick. Go ahead. Got, got to add, completely ad libbed. This was not a part of the original script. I right. feel like people need to know that. Mm-hmm. And here we go. That's not, what, what's really funny is that the fucking bank job away in Seat Caucus, I'm in the middle of the fucking weeds laying down. He comes over, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm resting. Here you're resting. <laughs> Got a fucking beach in a park. I said, I'm resting. I know I'm resting, I'm resting. They pulled me in, they started giving me all kinds of questions, you know, this and that. He says, oh, uh, so what are you going to tell us, tough guy? I said, my usual, zero, nothing. I tell you, the fuck. He says, no, you're going to tell me something today, tough guy. I said, all right, I'll tell you something. Go fuck your mother. <laughs> You saw the paper, Anthony, my head was up like this. So now I'm coming around, you know, I start to come out of it. Who do I see in front of me? This big prick again. He says, oh, what do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. I thought he was going to shit. Pow, ping, fuck is... Bing, I wish I was big just once. <laughs> You're a big cop. You're really funny. You're really funny. Uh, what do you mean I'm funny? <laughs> it's funny, you know. It's a good story. It's funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> what do you mean? You mean the way I talk? It's just, you know, you're, it's, you're just funny. It's, it's funny, you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how? I mean, what's funny about it? <laughs> Tommy, no, you got it all wrong. Oh, oh Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? You're right. Funny how? Just, what? Just, you know, you're, you're funny. <laughs> you mean, man, let me understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me. I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. I make you laugh. I'm here to fucking amuse you. What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I funny? No, just, you know how you tell a story? What? No, no, I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. How the fuck am I funny? What the fuck is so funny about me? Tell me. Tell me what's funny. Get the fuck out of here, Tommy. <laughs> you motherfucker. I almost had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick yet? Frankie, was he shaking? I wonder about you sometimes, Henry. You may fold under questioning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what the fuck is it with you? Hanging, I thought I was getting pitched over here. He's hanging on my fucking neck like a vulture. Uh, like an ending day. What do you want? This guy's worried, but I didn't want to come over and get the check, you know. I think this is the waiter? could take care of this. Yeah, it's no problem. Don't put it on my tab. Of course. That's what I want to talk to you about. You know, it ain't just this here. It's seven fucking big ones here. Seven fucking G's you owe me. Seven thousand dollars. I mean, eight peanuts. I don't mean to be out of order, no. You don't mean to be out of order? She says, it's good you don't mean to be out of order, son. You call embarrassing me in front of my friends, don't know, like calling me a fucking deadbeat, you know? You know, Sonny, you're a real fucking mutt. You know the money we spend in this fucking... Come on, don't be like that. What do you mean, don't be like that? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. You think this is funny, huh? He's having... What the fuck are you looking at? You're a fucking... <laughs> you're a fucking moron. You don't want to bring the check. <laughs> you believe this prick? <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to 
be doing this stuff to you, huh? <laughs> You're a funny guy. Oh, that's it, Henry. That's it, Henry. That's it, Henry. Hey, you want to laugh? This prick last week asked me to christen his kid. <laughs> I just watched that today and it's still fucking hilarious. Such a great scene, such great reactions from both of these guys. And I mean, Ray Liotta, I mean, you know what? Over the, 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 the kind of uh, through the night, you're going to see when we play these clips, Anthony and everyone else, you're going to see the range of acting. And I'm going to tell you something. No one gets angry like Ray Liotta. I think he is one of the best right under Pacino. I'd go Al Pacino, great screaming angry guy, and Ray Liotta. When he gets mad, you fucking believe he is pissed. Pissed, you believe it. Because he gets that angry face. His eyes fucking get red. He just looks like he's about to fucking kill you. And we have a a good amount of scenes of him him screaming. Uh, (laughs) So... We'll get to all those. Yeah, that's oh. way to describe him is uh, it's, it's control rage. It's always in it's always in the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he he says so much without saying a word. Yeah, he really does, man. He really does. I mean, the same guy who, I mean, again, we're talking about range. He, he goes from this. The guy played fucking in the Rat Pack. He played Frank Sinatra. Old blue eyes. He played Frank Sinatra. And if you've never seen Rat Pack, have you seen that, Anthony? Uh, it's been a long time. Oh, that's such a great movie. Great movie. Don Cheadle as uh, Sammy Davis is amazing. Uh, Joe Montagna plays uh, Dean Martin. Really, really a great movie. Um, I mean, my parents are big fans of the you know the Rat Pack stuff and all that, but I wasn't. But the movie itself is great. Is really good. I don't think I have a clip from it. I couldn't really find any. Um, but uh, you know what? I think we got to play that laugh. Oh, yes. I sent you a clip of uh, they collected all of the... T- <laughs> Ray Liotta has a very distinctive laugh. And this is... And they collect- <laughs> yes. They got 36 seconds of it. And I, I, is it, I think it's all from Goodfellas, too. Yes. It's, it's, it's greatness. <laughs> Whoever clipped that, fantastic work, sir. Fantastic. There you go. Well, here we go. Let's play. It's just 36 seconds. We'll knock it out. Here we go. No, it takes a second to get going. Great. That's some of the best 36 seconds right there you're ever going to hear. And yeah, yeah, that laugh. And like I said, man, that scream, that laugh. And And honestly, I got to say, the best laugh for me in Goodfellas was leaving Karen's mother's house. Yes. Like like when he just, he came home like like somebody that had been married for a long time. They really weren't at that point. But he was just like, you know what? I don't need this right now. <laughs> he just turned around, walked out, started laughing. Like, <laughs> Actually, I thought the best part of that scene was when Karen turned around and was like, Mom! 
Adam, he's leaving now. <laughs> what did so you do? It's no, like, the, and also we got to add uh, Tommy busting his bone. What the fuck kind of people are they? <laughs> what kind of people are you hanging out with? You stupid motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking uh, Pesci. Pesci was, I mean, this, let's face it. I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. This is the Pesci we all got to know and love. I mean, this was probably one of the first movies I saw Joe Pesci in that I can remember. If I think about it. Yeah. This probably would have been the second. Uh, um, I might have seen something else with it. No. I think the. I think this might have been the really. The first movie. Yeah. This might have been. First movie I really saw with him in it. That I can remember. I'm not going to start looking it up. But. Um, I think we have another. Oh. We do have another clip. Every time Ray Liotta loses his cool. In Goodfellas. Uh, I have that one, and I'm making sure I think that's the last one we have from Goodfellas. It is. Okay, let's play this last one from Goodfellas here, and we'll move on from Goodfellas, Anthony. I'm sorry, but we will. I don't know. I know you're all right. Here we go. He wants his money. Give him his money, and let us just get the fuck out of here. Hey, just give us the fucking money. I swear my fucking mother, if you touch her again, you're dead. Okay, if you're going to ask me why this is sped up a little bit and he sounds a little Mickey Mouse, I don't know. But if I try to speed it down now, it's going to do something. So I apologize for the uh, for Ray Liotta sounding like Mickey Mouse here. They might I'm assuming yeah, they probably did that for, to avoid copyright. Avoid copyright. That's exactly what I was thinking. So anyway, uh, Ray Liotta as Mickey Mouse in Goodfellas losing his shit. How's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You. you know why Jeannie's husband went to the can? Because of Jeannie, because he wanted to get away from her. That's why. Hey, Karen, will you grow up? Stop. I'm still going to go out. It's like he sucked helium. It's like he sucked helium, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking crazy, Karen. Are you crazy? Huh? I got enough to worry about getting fucking whacked on the street. I got to fucking come home. I got to fucking come home. When you go away, I've told you that we're on our own. Forget everybody else. Forget Paulie. As long as he's on parole, he doesn't want anybody doing anything. Fuck with my keys. Get out of there. It's a mess. It's like a pig pen. What do you think I got you the dishwasher for, huh? I hate doing the dishes. Fuck my nails. You hate doing the dishes. You got to be smart. Look at all this powder around here. Four million dollars. The city. Not good. Live from the scene of the heist at JFK. It looks like a big one, maybe the biggest oh, this town has ever seen. It. Stay tuned. Boy, you're gonna get your money. You just gotta stop busting balls. Don't yeah, yeah me, Lois. This is important. Now make sure you leave the house when you make the call. You understand me? You hear me call from an outside line. I mean it. Jesus, you must think I'm dumb. What are you bugging me for? I know what to do. Hey, you little hick, just make sure you do it. I mean what. <laughs> and she screwed him anyway. Hat. What are you kidding me? Just what I need now is a trip to Rockaway because you want to get your hat? You what? What was I supposed to do? They were all over the house. Karen, that was worth $60,000. I need that money. That's all we got. What was I supposed to do? Karen! They were in everything. That's all the money that we had, Karen. I was dependent on that. Why didn't you do that? I had to. Karen, they were going to find it. Oh, fuck. 
it. If we stay around here, we're dead. You got it? We're dead. Life like sea monkeys, huh? Oh, oh. Come on, give me a... All right, sorry about that. All right. Yeah, he did lose his fucking mind in that movie a lot. But, I mean, if you think about what was going on, he was in a pretty... I mean, he got himself in the tight spot in that movie, but uh, definitely he was in a tight spot in that. But, um, all right. I mean, we could sit here and talk about Goodfellas, but you could just check out season uh, or the episode three that me and Anthony did and listen to us talk about Goodfellas. Yeah. It's right there. Go check it out. Um, He did more. Now, now Anthony, I'm, I'm kind of going through some movies I've seen. Um, I don't know. You said, Anthony. You saw 1992 Unlawful Entry, I believe. Yes. That's like uh, one of my favorite uh, Leota movies. So it's uh, no particular order. Goodfellas, Unlawful Entry, and a little movie he did called The Heartbreakers, which is more of a comedy mm. that he did with uh, Sigourney, Re- Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. Um, but Unlawful Entry is pretty much um, eh, opposite you know, opposite of Goodfellas, essentially. He plays a cop in that movie. Mm-hmm. And initially he comes across as like a good cop. But then as the movie goes on, you find out that he has like a sinister side to him. But he was basically not like um, he wasn't like a dirty cop initially when he first became a cop. But like circumstances made him become the way that he was. And he got he gets obsessed with uh, Madeline Stowe's character. And then uh, he tries to kill her husband so he can be with her. Yes, yeah, it's, it's another love story. That's all it is. All right. I tried to check this one out today. The only one I could find was in Spanish. Um and I uh, no habla espanol, so I'll I'll try again <laughs> to watch this if movie because it looks if like you a check movie. Out this, if you check out the site that I sent you, it's on there. I I English. probably will. I probably will. I was just it was a busy day around the house today. Um, I got another one tomorrow. But um, all right, so that was another one. Um, and I gotta tell you, I mean, you know, he did some other stuff. Uh, I mean. Operation Dumbo Drop, we don't need to really talk about. <laughs> but the next movie I remember seeing him in, Anthony, would have been Turbulence. Now, I actually just last week talked about um, Lauren Holly because I, I talked about the movie Down Periscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? Ray Liotta also did an episode of Frasier. So there's a double uh, tie-in to the last week's show with uh, Down Periscope. Um, Kelsey Grammer and Lauren Holly. I talked about both of them, but uh, he was in Turbulence. Now, have you ever seen this one? Oh, yes. I was actually just watching the uh, other day. Okay. He's a, a fucking, I mean, you know, to bring a Michael Jackson song into it, he's a smooth criminal. Uh, he's a serial killer. Very, very, you know what? He's very Ted Bundy-ish. They said Ted Bundy was a charming motherfucker. Yeah. So, <clears throat> he's that, um, and he gets busted and he's actually pissed because believe it or not, the cop did fucking set him up and framed him in order to bust him, even though he did the other murders, but he's on a flight and they're being transported. And he's basically, you know, is infatuated with Lauren Holly, which I can't blame him. Uh, but, um, yeah, he, um, eventually, you know, it takes over the plane and, uh, Lauren Holly ends up killing him in the end, but it's a great little movie. I have kind of a little compilation clip of that movie. It's kind of like the uh, Goodfellas one. It's um, just sort of a compilation of him yelling at Lauren Holly and Lauren Holly yelling back. Um, like I said, we have a lot of... Uh, you know what, Anthony? Before I get to that, 
you did send me an unlawful entry clip. Yes. Before we, <laughs> you, why didn't you remind me, man? Uh, you sent me an unlawful entry clip. Let's get to that, and then we'll roll right back to turbulence. Let's do this right here. Sorry about that, folks. A little loud. Ooh. Make that bigger. <laughs> it's a steamy scene, Anthony. This is the movie, folks. This is not us. I <laughs> clarify that a little disclaimer. I'm glad you called. I've been thinking about you a lot lately. <laughs> Leave it. So sensitive, huh? You get shot or something? It's a fishing accident. Yeah. Fishes with guns. Are you all right? Because we can go to a motel. In a nice, cozy bed. Mm-hmm. You're having a problem. The only problem that I have is sleazy, low-life whores like you. That's my problem. What the hell's wrong with you? Get out. I'm getting out here. Get the fuck out. Are you crazy? I don't even know where the fuck I am. Well, that's exactly your fucking problem, isn't it? Isn't it? Damon, he was in a cop car. I guess we can uh, ascertain from that that uh, Mr. Leota does not, in fact, love them hoes. I guess not. (laughs) That was some Grand Theft Auto shit right there, dude. And I loved how he framed it. Like, that's exactly your fucking problem, isn't it? That's like, (laughs) if you ever want to break up with somebody or, you know, divorce, use those words. Yeah. You know, got to keep Ray Leota's uh, memory alive. That's a great line. Trust me, we have <laughs> plenty of great movies to keep his his memory alive with. So don't even worry about that. Um, all right, that movie seems right up my alley. I really need to get get, get a hold of that movie, and I'll I'll check it out on that uh, that site you sent me. Um, and um, all right, well, that'll bring us to 1997's Back to Turbulence, and uh, I'll just go ahead and start the clip. Here it is. Who is actually flying the aircraft? <laughs> Help me get this plane on the ground. This plane is not gonna land. This is crazy. This? This delay our flight? Flight tracking. She's losing altitude. Say your prayers. Turbulence. Rated <laughs> R starts Friday, January 10th. It took the FBI six years to catch him. It will take six hours to transport him. For Transcon 47, there's turbulence ahead. He's crazy! Critics call turbulence twister at 36,000 feet. I'm gonna crash the plane! Fasten your seatbelts for the thrill ride of the year. Is this amazing or what? Turbulence rated R starts this Friday. All right, I guess that was a couple of uh, trailers is what that actually ended up being, so... All right, sorry about that. But anyway, we got more Ray Liotta laughing in that movie. 
he's an evil motherfucker in that movie. He's a great villain. Great villain again, man. He's got that verse that you know diversity, the versatility. He can fucking range to play anything, man. Anything. So that was definitely a good one, though. Uh, if you haven't seen Turbulence, good little movie. Definitely. I appreciate good. those clips too. Like those are so nineties. Oh yeah. With the music and the bank, oh, that kind of took me back, man. I was. <laughs> I wish they still made trailers like that. You know, like MTV style. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they don't anymore, man. They're just they basically they tell you the whole movie in the fucking trailers now. You don't you know everything that's fucking happening. It basically. Um, all right, so there you go. If you like uh, action at thirty six thousand feet, there you go. Um, and then the, uh, okay, let's get in the cop land. A little bit, Anthony. We don't have that many more movies to get into, to be honest with you. But Copland, I did want to get into. Um, this is one I had seen before. Actually, more than once I've seen this movie. Um, but, Anthony, you hadn't seen this, uh, have you? No, I actually just uh, watched it today. What did you think, man? A little Stallone, a little Keitel, a little Ray Liotta. What did you think? It was very good. I'm, 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 I was actually mad kicking myself out of the end of it, like... Why did it take me so long to sit down and watch this? It was one of those movies that I kept like kind of putting on a back burner, putting I'll get to it. But you know, I said, you know what? I know I was doing a show with you. I said, let me just put this on. It's not too long. Mm. Let me just put it on real quick. And it, it literally flew by. Loved it. It does fly by, and it's a really intense story. Um, and I, I love this movie. Uh, Ray Liotta is basically the uh, Stallone's friend in this movie. Um, but I mean, th- this has an all-star cast. You got Stallone, you got Keitel, Ray Liotta, De Niro, Peter Berg, who Peter Berg is very underrated. He's a not only an actor, but very behind the scenes. He's actually on my list to uh, do a focus on show. Janine Garofalo is in this yeah. movie. Robert Patrick. That's right. Terminator 2. Michael Rap- Rappaport is in this fucking movie. This is a goddamn who's who. Of fucking actors when you really look at this list. And Annabella Sherrard. Sherrard. Don't forget her. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I, I just went over the first, you know, Frank Vincent. We just. Yes. Jesus. Frank, I mean. Edie Falco. Yeah. Edie Falco. Malik Yoba. I know, I know exactly who he is. Um, Victor Williams. This, he is. this is a fucking who's who of actors in this movie. And it's a great movie. But. Uh, Ray Liotta doesn't play a main character, but he's definitely a good character in this movie. Um, and you know what, Anthony? I don't remember if you sent these to me, but I do have some clips. Yeah. I got to say, though, the one thing that was that was kind of disappointing to me was we didn't get that interaction between De Niro's character and uh, Liotta's character. You would think that, you know, like they, had, they, hadn't, they hadn't really done a whole lot together. That would have been like the perfect opportunity, even if it's just like a passing scene. Like, mm-hmm. how do you have two-thirds of Goodfellas in the same movie and not have them interact. That that just, to me, was a missed opportunity, in my opinion. It could be, or maybe that's why they didn't interact, is because they didn't want to be compared to Goodfellas or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, you know Hollywood. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> but, uh, alright, I got three clips from that movie. Um, I don't really have any clip to play, a uh, little, you know order to play him in i'll just start with the uh why don't we just start with this one right here um this is uh him and i believe this is him talking to harvey keitel 
Might be one of another scene, but let's go ahead and do this. It's not a white sauce violation, babe. Come on. Yeah, you bought that big old house. Maybe you're trying to get out from under. Hey, Jack. What the fuck's up your ass? Are you gonna tell me you're getting by without gravy, any of you? Listen to me, I was putting out raised fires when you were still sucking on your mama's titty, so just back the fuck off, all right? So what, what do you want, you want to toss me? What, you, you, you can't? Sit down, Gary. No, well, tell me what's going on, this is bullshit. Even better, why don't you get the fuck out? Fuck you, you fucking child, just back the fuck off. Yeah, well, at least I'm not shacked with no reeking whore. You're supposed to fuck him, Gary, and not open up a methadone clinic. You got a problem with me helping a girl in trouble? Huh? You got a problem Benzie. with that? No, you huh? fucking humanitarian! Come here. You think you're so fucking bad? Oh, huh? God! Come on. Come here. You see this? Look at Tony. You see him? That was my fucking partner. That was a cop! Enough! Let go of him, Figsy. Go home. What a scene. Don't shut me out, Ray. You found us a sweet little town, you got us a low interest, and I'm grateful. But don't forget who it was that you came to two years ago to cover your ass. Get him out of here, Freddy! It's not my fault that you can't look at him! You sit in this chair with your back to him, you want it to go away, but I'm still here. In for a penny, in for a pound. Don't shut me out. I'll take care of it, Ray. It's bullshit. Get the fuck out of this town. Got those fucking eyes, man. Those angry, angry eyes. The man looks like he could snap on you. And even watching the movie, you're kind of like, yeah. is he going to hit me? <laughs> you know, they have options yeah. now to watch VR movies. I don't want to watch a really good movie in VR. He's going to hit me if I do. <laughs> but man, such a great, uh, and, and uh, great punch. Guy's got a good punch. Yeah. Good good working punch, Anthony. Good working punch. <laughs> good working. Put the words out of my mouth. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's uh, another scene from that movie where he gives a uh, philosophy lesson. And I, I think this is him and Stallone together in this scene. Right? All over the city, red lights. You go through the red lights. Sure, you fire up the roof, you wail, you go through the red lights. But that's slow. Freddy fighting your way through traffic. The goal is perpetual motion. You want greens. But how do you ensure the greens? You can't. As in life, in traffic. So what you do is you leave yourself an out. At every corner, you leave yourself an alternative. Diagonal. You turn the wheel when you hit a red light. But you don't drive down Broadway to get to Broadway. If you move diagonal, you're gonna get perpetual motion. That's what you want. But how does this apply to what you were saying? Inside? It applies, Freddy! It's just as easy to tell a man walking in front of him. Now you butt heads with these friends of ours, you're gonna come at them head on? Okay. They got lives, Freddy. Families. No. You know, he looks a little bit Goodfellas. Um, last 45 minutes, Goodfellas in there, in that in that yeah. scene. Um, and, you know, it, it, 
he played a pretty dirty cop in that movie, Leota. Yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he was. He was kind of dirty. He was, uh, more the chick he was with was dirty, and he was enabling her. Um, yeah. But it was still a really, really, really good movie. And I mean, like I said, he wasn't a, a, a huge main character in this movie, but he was definitely... You know what? He was kind of another glue character in this movie. Yeah. He it really was. He's he's really kind of I guess that's a running theme in, uh, for him lately. Um, let me get the last clip out of the way, and this is it just says really out of scenes. So this might be a good decent amount of scenes from there. It's only two two and uh, about two forty. So here we go. Don't shut me out, Ray. All right, we just heard this one. Let me you get past this. Own a fucking precinct. There we go. It's a deep and dark motherfucker. What you feeling right now, Freddy? Friendless, angry, nervous, misunderstood. This is it. This is the life. You're lucky your ear kept you off the force. You know, if I saw Liz drowning in the water, if I saw that today, I wouldn't go in. I'd stand there and I'd think about it. And that's the best thing I ever did with my life. So? So? So you want to sit around your whole life wishing you were on the force? Do you want to bring the fucker in? Let him spill. I wouldn't know where to begin. Brothers in deep shit. All right, we just heard that scene too. So there was only one scene there we hadn't heard. Sorry about that. I should have watched that. I guess, I guess I should have watched it before I played it. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, all right, but yeah, that was a great. And you gotta remember that movie. And St- Stallone wasn't really a cop; he was like a small town sheriff or something. It was such a a weird movie. But man, the ending pretty fucking gruesome in that movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it was weird. Uh, it was weird with Stallone. He was like uh, part Rocky, part Barney Fife. It, it was almost like they treated they treated him like a he was almost a simpleton until like the last fifteen twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, he was kind of a piece of shit. It's not. I wouldn't say he was a piece of shit. He was just kind of like aloof. He was like, like I said, they played him as a simpleton. It's almost yeah. like a goof who couldn't tie his shoes. He was a, as he said in uh, First Blood, a king shit cop. <laughs> Damn, oh, that was a great movie. What? 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 what Before what? we move on, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention a little gem from uh, Ray Liotta. It came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. It's called uh, Unforgettable. Did you ever see that movie? No, I haven't. You have to see that one. It's a very underrated movie. It goes under the radar. So basically, he plays a doctor in that movie, and uh, he's wrongfully accused of uh, killing his wife. So once he's uh, cleared, he basically goes on like the hunt for the uh, real killer of his wife. Hmm. All right, I see this. You're right. This is another one that looks right up my alley, dude. Almost looks kind of uh, the fugitive-ish. Yeah. I mean, the fugitive is, you know, Harrison Ford. He's a doctor who is framed for killing his wife and tries to find the killer. I think, yeah. I think you just said that to me. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, uh, yep, it's suspense thriller. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, um, almost like an update. I don't know, that's a bad comparison, but uh, it's something definitely you would like. I definitely will check that out. That does look good. That really does look like a damn good movie. I'll fucking be watching that one right there. Um, 
And next up was the Rat Pack. Just not going to play any clips, but just wanted to... Uh, I pretty much already talked about that movie. Now, this was a TV movie. This wasn't really a movie movie. It was an HBO original. Um, I wouldn't doubt if you could find this actually right now on HBO Max, probably. Uh, but this is just such a good movie. Like I said, you got Ray Liotta, you got Joe Montana, you got uh, Don Cheadle. Um, it was great chemistry with these guys. And man, Ray Liotta, from what everyone said, really took the Frank Sinatra character and just like it was almost exact. Um William Peterson is in this also. Uh, if you're a CSI fan, you know who that is. He was also in Young Guns 2 as uh, Pat Garrett. Um, but man, have, have you, you said you had seen this, but it's been a long time. This is another one you should check out again, Anthony, just to remember how good it was. And one scene with Don Cheadle in that movie where uh, he's just... And it, it's actually him singing in that part where um, there's one part where he's... Uh, He's actually the 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 clan is making threats that they're going to be at his at the concert, and he does this crazy song, and it's actually him singing, but it's an incredible scene. Um, but he wasn't scared because you got to remember, if you remember, Sammy Davis Jr. was very good with guns. Yeah, had to be. And he actually, I mean, he would spin them. He that was part of his act was his guns, and. Uh, he was just going to leave him on throughout the whole set. <laughs> Go ahead. Come at me. <laughs> He's got 12 shots to take you out with. So, you know, I, I don't think they would have gone at him. But um, this is a really good movie, though. Uh, and Ray Liotta, like I said, they said he played Sinatra so goddamn good. Um, but I, I, I should have watched this today. I just never had time. Um. Now, Anthony, the next one I have is Blow, but uh, you had mentioned Heartbreakers from two thousand one, correct? Yeah, and I, you know, I just I was trying to go like uh, a different range of roles that he's done over the years, as opposed to like the because even though, like I said, even though Ray Liotta, he kind of has like a certain look, a certain presence where it almost feels like he's playing the same character. Mm-hmm. He is versatile in like different roles that he's done. He's done. A fair amount of comedies that kind of like fly under the radar. Yeah, I can't remember anyone that I've. I can't remember a comedy of his. I'm looking up here. I don't think I've ever seen an actual comedy of his. Did you see the episode of The Simpsons that he did? No, where he was Mo's father. No, I never saw The Simpsons. Uh, but I am checking out. I'm looking at this movie right now. It's going to. We were Jennifer Love Hewitt. Wow, Gene Hackman. Hmm. Like an interesting kind of movie, mother and daughter, calm team, seduce and scam wealthy men. This kind of seems like a uh, female version of um, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, pretty much. Perfect description for it. Okay, I love Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's uh, Michael Caine and Steve Martin. God, that's a great movie too. Um, all right, need to check this one out. Two thousand one, Jennifer Love Hewitt looks good. I'll definitely be checking that out. Eventually, man, I got a lot of movies to watch, but hey, I got Monday off. As do I. There you go. That's a good thing. And yeah, the next movie I want to talk about was Blow. Anthony, um, there's actually a lot of people that I was reading today and yesterday on social media who said the real star of Blow wasn't Johnny Depp. It was actually Ray Liotta. 
not sure I would totally agree with that. But Ray Liotta was played a very big part in this movie. He was uh, Johnny Depp's father, and there were some really good scenes with him. And if you, I don't know if you, have, the movie's been around long enough that you guys should have all seen it by now. There's a scene though where he's walking his dad around his house, and uh, it's mostly Ray Liotta talking, just telling him this isn't real. I know what you're doing. Blah blah blah. And um, I'm gonna play it. Here it is. Hey. Put that shit away. You're pregnant, for Christ's sakes. I don't be such a fucking hypocrite. I quit smoking, didn't I? Just put it away. My fucking parents are here. Oh, my. It's beautiful, listen. Oh, God. It's enormous. Like it. Look. Look at this credenza. Ah, no, it's divino, it's spectacular. Oh, yes, what, it's Spanish? If you don't mind me asking, how much is one of these? It's gotta cost a fortune. It's a family heirloom, Ma. I've seen these in magazines, they don't come cheap. Martha comes from a very wealthy family. Oh. Papi, do you like it? Very nice. Nice, nice, yeah. Come on, I'll show you the rest of the house. Oh, great. George mentioned a jacuzzi. I've always wanted a jacuzzi. Oh, and one of those bidets. Cocktail. Yeah, you know, business has been pretty good. I got this little import-export thing going down in Miami. That's been very profitable for me. I got my investments. I got to... Don't bullshit me, George. I don't want to waste the time. I don't see you that much. You come from my body, remember? You're my baby boy. Same kid who would jump off a mountain if someone told him he couldn't do it. You haven't changed that much, have you? Wow. <laughs> I know what you're up to. Not everything, but I get the picture. And I don't care. I don't like it. It's not what I would have chosen for you. But it's your life. It's got nothing to do with me. I couldn't stop you if I wanted to, could I? Probably not. No. <laughs> it's good. Got a family. It's good if it makes you happy. It's nice to have nice things, George. You happy? Yeah. Yeah, at the moment I am happy, Dad. All right, so we've talked about range, Anthony. Yeah. Not a cop, not a mobster. Not a killer. We got a dad. Yeah. Just a dad. Just a yes. worried father about his son. And uh, that movie right there, I mean, if you've, 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 you haven't seen Blow by now. It's an incredible movie. It's actually a true story about uh, George Young. If you can't tell, they're from Boston. Uh, <laughs> Boston. Yeah. yeah from Boston. Talk about George. 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 But uh, it's it's and it's a true story, and it's a really, really, really great movie. But um, man, unfortunately, Ray Liotta wasn't in it a lot. But every scene where he was in it, I got to tell you, he definitely upstaged Johnny Depp. Yeah, and honestly, the first thing that uh, I noticed in that scene that you played, great scene by the way, was the voice inflection. Mm. It, it, it's like if I wasn't visually seeing it, I would have never thought that was Ray Liotta. No, because he sounded like a dad. <laughs> yeah, it was just he wasn't yelling. It was 
He wasn't, wasn't screaming. It wasn't intimidating. wasn't yelling. wasn't It was just this Ray Liotta. I don't know. We finally got the calm Ray Liotta. See, this is what happened when you get older. You see, the, I mean, you know, you go from Goodfellas in uh, nineteen ninety, and now we're up to two thousand one. So, you know, we're a little older, a little wiser. You know, he's got the gray hair in this movie and uh, kind of got the silver fox look going, Anthony, for this movie. Yeah. And, um, but great movie, great scene. And, uh, all right. So, but yeah, if you haven't seen Blow by now, what the fuck are you doing? Now, this was another one I tried to watch today. This was Narc. And the... The one I got was just awful. It kept locking up. I got through about 40 minutes of it. But there was one scene that I wanted to play from it real quick. Um, it's not that long of a scene, actually. It's only, uh, uh, let's see, it's about two minutes long. But um, let's go ahead and play. This is from Narc, though. This is an, another, like I said, I was in the middle of watching it. It kept locking up. It kept doing a lot of really crazy things. So I just decided to change it. I actually started watching uh, Boiler Room. Nothing to do with Ray Liotta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Another good movie, though. Definitely check wow. Boiler Room. You definitely check that out if you haven't seen it. That is a good movie. I, I I know I've played some clips from it, but I've never actually talked about that movie, and uh, that's on my list. Um, basically, it's a, a, a cop He's an undercover narcotics cop, and he's lured back to the forest. He had already um, kind of retired, and he's trying to help solve this big case. Um, but this was one of the scenes that I saw in the beginning, uh, and I wanted to talk about it. Here we go. That's uh, in the middle. Here we go. I went with the sheriffs on a warrant raid. This dipshit was selling meth out of his apartment. It was just a stop and pop. Broke down the door, rousted the guy. I was in one of the back rooms looking for junk. I hear something. I turn around and see these, these eyes staring at me from a closet. a little girl, a little 10-year-old girl, naked, shaking like a leaf. She was scared to death. Her stepfather was pimping her out for rent. Wrapped her in my coat, carried her out to the squad car. I went back. And I beat that motherfucker half dead. I thought of my wife. I thought of the baby we never had. All the things about her that I hung on to. Because a little girl being brutalized, a little girl being abused has got nothing to do with the rules and regulations. And everything to do with right and wrong. It's the same thing with Calves. Damn powerful scene there. Yeah, that man, that's the ray that I uh love. Like I said, the control rage, man. Just 
telling <laughs> even telling the story. He he was just telling that story so calmly beat, about beating the shit out of somebody. It almost felt like a bedtime story. Like and, and, and <laughs> I want I, I would hope that his daughter comes out with some stories about you know when she was a child, Ray Liotta and a Ray Liotta voice would just tell her like like the craziest most violent stories and just the Ray Liotta voice you know mm, you know. I was just beating the shit. Just like, just. By the way, good night, honey. I, I need that to be a thing. I, I really do. I need that to be a thing. Uh, let's just watch Goodfellas before we go to sleep. Come on, honey. <laughs> See that scene with Bob like kicking the shit. You know how it looks like he's kicking the shit out of uh. Billy Bats there. Yeah. He was really kicking the shit out of Billy Bats. Like, you see how he almost tripped there? That's because, see, Bob really likes to get into the scenes. He was method acting. You know, it was just, he apologized later, but he just, you know, he got caught up in the emotion of the scene. Oh, there you go. There you go. That That's what it was, the emotion of the scene. Um, but yeah, what I like about that scene, though, is you kind of get that calm, cool, collected, and then you get, you, you go right back to Goodfellas with that crazy, you know, Ray Liotta right there where he's beating the shit out of this guy. M- meanwhile, for the uh, reason I totally agree with. Yeah. Just so you know, I, uh, I would. Oh, that was, you know, that, that was, I mean, I, I, look, no argument for me. That to me was one of the coolest scenes ever. That's a great you know, scene. Give, That's a great scene. And I like, and uh, just real quick, just got to talk about that scene real quick. How he just pulled up calm, cool and collected. You got a uh, Karen just sitting there in the back. You okay? Mm-hmm. All right, you just go in the house. I'll be out. Then he just he gives that look in the rearview mirror, like this motherfucker. <laughs> this bitch he is dead. Like, look, use a bad motherfucker. If you walk up by yourself and you see three other people, what do you want? And he just pulls out the gun and just pistol whips the shit. Yeah. Like literally, you might have three other people, but you also have six chances to get rid of them. Yeah. So you know, I see why he wouldn't be scared. Plus, it's a movie. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but uh, once again, dude, it was a movie, but in that moment, it just felt real. It did. I don't man. know, man. Like, what everything in that about that movie just, it just, it just is the sense of the whole time you just feel like the sense of impending danger. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you knew he was fucked the whole movie. And then you knew when the drugs came in, you knew he was screwed the whole time. And I mean, yeah, it was just, uh, but still, I, a movie I could watch. I, I don't care if I'm in the middle of something, that movie comes on television. I'm fucking watching it. Yeah. I'm fucking watching it. I'm there's And uh, that's, that's one of the movies I'm stopping to watch. Um, and, uh, Fox, so, so like, uh, we're still in a month of May. Mm-hmm. Do you think that officially we should try to like maybe start like a GoFundMe? To make May 11th really old today. Oh man! <laughs> like I mean, like I mean seriously, man. Like because I'm like because I had just shared we had I had just shared that on uh, I think it was Facebook like uh, on May 11th because you know to kind of commemorate that scene from Goodfellas because like oh. a lot of shit happened in the life of Henry Hill mm. on May 11th, 1980. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I feel like that should be really old today going forward. Might have to do that. Might have to do that. Do a uh, not a GoFundMe a, uh, a change dot org. Yes, change.org. Yes. Change.org. Might need to do that. Might need to do that. But um, this is really um, a good movie. It's not... I, this was one of those straight-to-streaming straight to movies. Um, but a great oh. movie. 
I think this came out. This was because this is what two thousand two, right? It this was. came out in the movies. It did. I don't remember it coming out in the movies. I thought I thought it was one of the not straight to DVD. Sorry, but okay, all right. I need to. Like I said, I didn't watch the whole movie. I'm gonna finish it, and I actually, I'll get that before I fucking get off this computer tonight. But um, that's all I got on that, and really, that will bring us Anthony to John Q, which I actually yep. did watch today. And the one scene that I wanted to play, and I got to play this one off my phone, so you won't see anything off here, Anthony, because for some reason, Netflix is not working on this computer. I don't know why. Um, But the scene I'm going to play here, it's a great scene. And once again, I was talking about it earlier. It's um, Denzel Washington, who, to me, is probably one of the best dramatic actors of all time, and there is no, to me, there's no second. He is absolutely one of the best actors when it comes to dramas. Uh, this guy can just, the emotion he fucking just puts out, the everything he does, this man can cry, and he doesn't just cry one little tear. His eyes fill up when he cries. I think Denzel is amazing. Let's just put it that way. Yes, no arguments for me. <clears throat> uh, that's who this movie starts. But it's it's this scene here though is Ray Liotta and Robert Duvall, who, I mean, really uh, another powerhouse actor. I think Robert Duvall is just one of the uh, coolest, smoothest actors ever. Um, yeah. To be honest yeah. with you. And uh, good. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. Since you're bringing up Robert Duvall, this literally just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Another movie of his that you need to be that needs to be on your list is a movie he did with Michael Douglas, Falling Down. Yes, I've seen. Yes, that, that pieces, pieces. I've that's, seen pieces. I mean, that's one. Like I said, that's one of those Michael Douglas movies that doesn't get talked about as much as it should, but mm-hmm. it it should be talked about more. That's a damn good movie. Most definitely. Now, Robert Duvall is a guy that um, I kind of have a little bias towards because I actually used to kind of hang out with him and didn't know because I was too young. Robert Duvall used to do the horse show circuit. So when we were doing the, you know, the jumping horses, he actually used to be with us when we used to do certain shows in the uh, Tennessee area. And, And he would even come down to North Carolina. So my dad would tell me stories about when I was talking to Robert Duvall. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He said, and he's telling me this story, and I'm like, I remember talking to this guy, but that was Robert Duvall. <laughs> I had no, no pictures, no autographs, no like, hey, nope, wow, never got pictures, never nothing. But it, 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 it got, it used to talk to me and my dad all the time, and uh, just to just to, I don't remember it. But hey, who cares? But um, like I said, I do have a great scene here to play. It's Ray Liotta and Robert Duvall. And um, I'm going to get it loaded up on my phone here because it's the only place it'll play. And give me one second. Let me get some volume. And here we go. Robert Duvall, Ray Liotta, John Q. <laughs> the wife's calling. Worse than that, Chief. It's father time. Not one word, Frank. 
Not one word. I don't want you. You son of a bitch! You're going behind my back. What do you want from me, Frank? What do you want? Look at the clock. Yeah. Look at your watch. Look at it. The guy said at a quarter after he's gonna start killing people, and we don't have any reason to believe you. But you're so goddamn it. stupid. Oh, really? Then what's your great idea? There are no great ideas, right. especially this. Right. right. Exactly. Right now, I got a shot at this guy, and I'm gonna take it. You know the drill. You always take the open shot. What are you talking about? The wife has agreed to speak to him. Let her talk him down. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Use the man's wife to set him up. I'm going to use whatever works, Frank. Let me paint a picture for you, okay? What we have here is a lose-lose. This guy starts whacking hostages. It's bad, right? And if we give in to this asshole, it's also bad. Bad for who? It's bad for everybody, Frank. Me, you, everybody. It's an election year. It's just bad. However it goes down, Frank, this guy's not going to make it. So you kill him. That's a PR bonanza, right? I could live with one dead bad guy. What I can't live with is one innocent person being hurt. Not one. Not on my watch. You know what, Frank? You're out. I'm out. No hard feelings, but you're officially relieved of duty. I'm gonna handle this now. You? Yeah, me. You think it's my first time around the dance floor, Frank? How do you think I got these? And watch it. Good, Just good. watch it. I got a lot of pressure on me, Frank. There's a lot of eyes watching. Someone's gotta make the call. You're not gonna do it, are you? I'll do it. But what about the hostages? The human beings? Better keep their heads down. They better keep their fucking heads down. <laughs> I love it. Great movie. Uh, again, you got Denzel Washington playing a father of a kid who needs a heart transplant. And it's just it's just a great fucking movie. I, I really... I, I've only seen this movie once, and it was a long fucking time ago. And I watched it today, and I was like, God damn. I'll watch that again probably next week. It's a great fucking movie, man. Damn, certain movies you gotta have on rotation. Yeah, I know, and my wife hates it <laughs> because I have way too many on rotation that I just watch over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, Breakfast Club is on Hulu, by the way. Um, <laughs> just I throw that out there. Now, here's the, the, we talked about a few things that he had done outside of movies, and this is one I wanted to get into because. Uh, I love video games. And if anyone remembers, Ray Liotta was the voice of Tommy in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I do remember. I still have that game somewhere, too. And, you know, it, it was pretty cool to hear. And, you know, if you go to Grand Theft Auto V, the character basically is Ray Liotta without the voice. Um, yeah. But it really is. The guy looks like fucking Ray Liotta. He, you know, he puts on suits like Ray Liotta. He definitely is Ray Liotta-ish. But um, I got a little one-minute clip here, about a minute and 12 seconds, of um, Ray Liotta talking a little bit about his experience in the game uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I mean, let's face it. Grand Theft Auto is a huge franchise of games. Um, I, 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 I haven't met many people that haven't at least played the game, Anthony. So, but uh, real quick, let's play this clip. You know what's so funny? You you probably when you took you, you took you took a certain gig doing a voice uh, for yes. Grand Theft Auto, the game, and you probably think to yourself that, wow, all these guys just say yeah. <laughs> They're probably trying to make the show go with a joystick right now. Uh, <laughs> you when you do this game. 
people, it, you know, you think, okay, I'm just going to do this voice. It's not a big deal. And then it became a huge, huge hit, and it's sort of part of the pop culture now. Is that surprising to you? Totally. So I had no idea. I'm not a game player. I was never the Pac-Man guy when that first game came out. I was yeah. never into that How stuff at all. Is. It's not cool to say, I was a big Ms. Pac-Man guy. <laughs> <laughs> I gobbled up all no, those but glowing blue. Of, of any kind of, right. any kind of games. I never played right, any right. games. And this was like... It's just like, like, like it's sold like 8 million units. It's like a $400 million movie. It's like oh, it's huge. It. Yeah, it's, it's like you're huge, in a huge hit movie. Huge, huge. And uh, it's just, it was fun. You know, you're just sitting there cursing at people. Well, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was fun to do. Like, that's fun. You just went to a booth and cursed at people for much, went crazy it, for a yeah. while. And they accidentally sent it to the SpongeBob people when it went on the air. <laughs> um, but you got to let people play that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a huge hit, that game. There you go. So that's a little bit of his experience with Vice City. And I mean, that game did turn out to be huge. And the yeah. fact that he was in it, people actually wanted it. That was one of the reasons people were buying it was because Ray Liotta was the voice in it. Um, but those games are still huge. I mean, let me tell you, when they finally put out another one, which there's always rumors they're going to, it's going to be fucking huge. Yeah, it's gonna and be that's huge. one of those things, man. Like, I feel like as an actor... Especially if you have a very distinctive voice, mm-hmm. you'll never be out of work, right? Because like, e- e- even if movie roles might dry up for a little while, voice acting is big business for uh, cartoons, you know, different TV shows, video games, and a lot of money in that uh, field too. You just have to have the right voice for it, right? Exactly, and he does, man. His voice is just so smooth, and let's face it, he's got that kind of mobstery, gangstery voice. Yeah. I mean, the movies he did might have had something to do with that, but, you know, yeah. it's still there. Um, and I've only got a couple, unfortunately, I've only got a couple more movies that I've seen of his. Um, one more movie, and then we get into the 2000s where my movies just kind of got a little, I kind of just stuck with the old movies. Um, but Identity was another movie, and I had talked about this one a little bit earlier with John Cusack. Um, it also has Amanda Peet in it. Uh, basically, all these people in this movie are at this hotel. They end up at this hotel, and they're people are dying, but they're not really people. They're actually all just other people of imaginary, like people in another guy's imagination. It's very weird movie. It's a creepy movie, but it's a great movie. Um, I got one little scene to play. It's short. It's only 48 seconds. Actually, the last clip, Anthony, I have. And uh, let's go ahead and hit it. Life like sea monkeys, huh? Come on, give me a break, sweetheart, will you, please? Just take it easy, Rose. You know, you take it easy. You know, you've been trying to run this show the whole night. You've been giving orders. You've been pointing fingers. You blame my con for everything, and he ends up dead. He's yelling. He's yelling. We all saw him run down George, didn't we? Your actress's wallet is right there. She's dead. There's the wallet. I mean, what more do you want? Please shut up. All right, you want a plan? Everybody want a plan? Here's the plan, okay? No one's going to move. We're going to stay here like this in this room until dawn. No one leaves. No one moves. And if he tries anything, if he tries anything, I'm going to shoot him. And if there's something out there and it comes in here, I'm going to shoot it. And if anyone of us tries anything, I'm going to shoot him. Good. 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 In other words, don't move or he's going to shoot you. <laughs> but, um... Just another great scene. Like I said, we had a lot of scenes tonight of Ray Liotta yelling. 
Um, <laughs> but Ray Liotta is great at yelling, Anthony. So I got to ask you, Bob. Uh-huh. Um, obviously, Ray Liotta has done a lot of iconic work. And I, f- I feel like, honestly, this would be um, – you could actually break this down into, like, chapters because he had, like, a long career. Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't even have – this doesn't have to be a one and done on Ray Liotta. Right. Uh, but uh, ha- let's just say, hypothetically speaking – Let's just say Ray Liotta was one of those people that, you know, it's like he's he got Goodfellas under his belt. He's like, this is as good as it's going to be for me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. I'm going to retire on top. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, let's be honest. Goodfellas is one of those movies where if that was like the only thing you did, mm-hmm. you could you basically would retire. You could you you'll die a legend. Oh, yeah. Like, that could be the only thing you have on your resume. Mm-hmm. And just be like, mm. so hypothetically speaking, had his career just stopped there. Do you think that he would still be highly regarded and highly remembered just off of the strength of that one role? I think I think that movie has a lot of, you know, it, it's a very famous movie, a very good movie. I don't know if he had stopped, if he had been, would have been remembered. Um, other roles always keep you in everyone's mind in, uh, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Um. Uh, you don't really remember a lot of actors who only do one, two, three roles, but actors who can be, that have, as we've talked about tonight, the range and all that stuff is definitely something that I think he'll be more remembered for. I don't know. He may not be. He'd, he'd definitely be remembered for that movie. That movie will always be remembered itself. But if he had stopped there, I think he uh, might have just been kind of remembered as a really great actor who should have done more. Uh, that's a good way of putting it. I think that's that's just my opinion. But uh, we're not done yet. Um, now, Anthony, I'm going to go ahead and pop up IMDb here. And like I said, after Identity, I really didn't see much more. Um, and some of the bigger movies that I remember him being in um, was uh, Smoke and Aces was a decent movie. I actually did see a little bit of that, but not a lot. Wild Hogs. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> How was he in that? Because I did not see the Wild Hogs movies. Um, it, it was, I mean, from what I remember, it was it, it's a decent little comedy. It's not something that I would necessarily watch all the time, but mm-hmm. if it's on, it's like you know I'll catch it here and there. I mean, it's got a lot of great actors in. It. I mean, you got Travolta, you got Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, William H Macy, who I actually talked about a couple of weeks ago too. Um. But I, uh, you know, it, it. I I just don't know why I never watched it. Just never yeah, did. I, the best way I can describe it is is basically grown ups on motorcycles. I I love motorcycles, and I'm sort of grown up. I, I mean, yeah, you know, a bunch of you know a bunch of workaholics who they want to relive the old days. You know, they tired of being squares working in the office, and yeah, you see Leota with the tattoos. You know, yeah, like I said, I, it, it, it's. A, it, it's a decent comedy if you uh, want to just turn your brain off for about an hour and a half or so. There's a 55-second clip here of Ray Liotta. You want to play it? Yeah, you got to play it. Yeah, let me go ahead and pull it up here. Give me a second. It'll play. Play it right off of IMDb here. Here we go. Give me two seconds. Oh, we have an ad. Let me... your film. It's a videotape. Whatever it is. Ah, you can't mute. Me? I just have one condition. No more I got secrets. it. I got it. I got it. All right, give me a second here. I'll pop that back on. I couldn't figure out which, which button to hit. <laughs> but I got it now. All right. People that want to kill us. They got Dudley. Look out the window. What? Ah, Jesus, what's gonna happen, Wild 
gonna pay a disobedience fee of $10,000 plus another $40,000 to rebuild the bar. And if you want to see your friends alive again, do not call the cops. If you're not here in a half an hour to settle this, I'm gonna take the fight out on your friend's legs. I'm gonna break them with this tire iron. Don't break the money. I'm a computer programmer. I don't need my legs. Fine. I'll break his hands. Yeah. Damn it. Bring the money. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bring the money. <laughs> Shit. All right. Now I gotta watch that after that 55 second scene. I gotta watch that. Um, and uh, to no surprise, Anthony Ray Liotta is um, well, yelling. He's yelling. Um, he was also a voice in B movie. My kids love B movie. Ah, it's a good movie for kids. That is now and some adults. And some. I mean, you know what? If it's on, it's not like the worst. Listen, he also did SpongeBob SquarePants. He was in one episode uh, as a voice. Now, I never saw Observe and Report. Did you check that one out? Uh, yeah. Seth Rogen, right? Yes. He was a yeah, yeah. detective in that movie? Yeah. Okay. Never saw that one either. Um, I'm going to get... Man, there's a lot... There's Field of Dreams too. I should have just scrolled up, Anthony. Uh, <laughs> he was on... Uh, oh, yeah. I'm... Yeah, Hannah Montana. My God, he was on Hannah Montana. He was the principal... Date Night. I remember that movie. That was uh, Steve Carroll and uh, Tina Fey, I believe. Okay. Wow, he's uncredited in this in that movie. Must have had a quick role. Something neat. Now, oh, you're right. Steve Carell. There you go. And Tina Fey. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that one. Again, we're in the 2000s where I kind of blanked on movies. Um... Wanderlust, I remember that one. He's uncredited in that one, too. <laughs> what the hell? This man should be credited in everything. Luckily, we have IMDb. Um, all right, you know what? If you see something here, Anthony, just stop me and you can talk about it. Now, what now, I do think, this one I think is funny, right here. The 30 for 30 in 2014, playing for the mob. He actually was the narrator for that. That one, right? Like, we, we, oh, I gotta check that. We got a mob thing. Let's get Dre Liotta in here. <laughs> Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, no, that that sounds fantastic. That sounds amazing. That does. That does. Um, and I'm actually surprised that they never reached out to somebody from the cast of Goodfellas or any any of those like you know central characters like a a De Niro, a Pesci, a Liotta. To uh, do like those voiceovers for the A. Remember the A and E documentaries they would do on mobsters. Mm -hmm. They would do like different mobsters. I'm like, they would have been per get Martin Scorsese to do one of those for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> no they kidding. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you <laughs> like, get, well, I mean, you got him uh, making of the mob TV series documentary. He was also the uh, narrator for that too in 2015. Um, and I mean, he he kind of did stick with that, but. We get to 2016 and 2018, two, two seasons, this, uh, this Shades of Blue series lasted. It was him and uh, Jennifer Lopez, uh, Lopez, Lopez, and it was a damn good show. Um, yeah. They were, I, I, 
think the problem with the show was it was a little Chicago PD-ish. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons it didn't flourish at like it should not only last in two seasons. But it was a good show, man. Ray Liotta was this hardcore cop. And Jennifer Lopez was a little bit dirty, a little bit not. Ray Liotta was kind of the same thing. They were kind of dirty, kind of not. But it was a great show. Uh, didn't like I said, it was only thirty six episodes, so eighteen per season. Um, I don't know where you can watch it. If you sc- let me find the right spot here on a uh, IMDb, sometimes it tells you where to watch. And it's actually probably if you don't if you want to watch it without any issues, mm-hmm. it's probably available on that site that I sent you because they literally have uh, pretty much everything you need. And actually, you can actually watch it on uh, Freevee which is formerly IMDb TV. So you can actually watch it right here on IMDb. Uh, DB. There you go. You'll have some commercials, but who gives a shit? <laughs> It'll be in great quality. <clears throat> but um, I, and, and like I said, I had said during this show, he looked a little rough. He was starting to look a little bit old, a little bit haggard. But the character in this show was an old, haggard detective. So I never knew if it was just the show or him. Uh, probably, probably the show. Probably like the I show. Said, like uh, in the beginning there, when uh, he was in the Dominican Republic, people basically said, like, he seemed in, in good health, mm-hmm. good spirits. Like I said, older, but, you know, just not nothing that led you to believe that his time was limited on this earth. No. And I mean, it's just amazing to, you know, I, I, I got to tell you, like I said, you had sent me a message uh, the other day um, on Thursday and I'm sitting there, I'm having lunch with my dad and I'm like, hey, Anthony sent me a message about Ray Liotta, favorite, why, 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 out of the blue, why would I do a Ray Liotta episode? What? What? And then I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, my dad gets up, he goes to take a piss and I'm like, I mean, look at my phone. I looked at my, turned on Facebook and I was like, oh, no. We're 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 starting to lose those childhood guys that we kind of idolize. Not I'm not going to think. Well, kind of idolized in a way for their acting ability and uh, some of the roles they played. That stuck with us, whether they were bad guys or good guys. They, they stick with you one way or another. Yeah, and, and uh, I basically said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't really add too much to what you just said there, but. Um, I had said recently on uh, my podcast, Weekly Detour, check it out. As far as uh, Ray Liotta, like he losing him was like losing like one of those building blocks from that era of actors really being actors that really kind of like you got lost in the roles that they were playing. Like they literally were method acting. Mm-hmm. Like whatever role, like you hear famous stories of like De Niro way back in the seventies and eighties. Whatever role he was playing, he would get deep into it. If his right. character had to do some cocaine, he would be somewhere doing lines just to, to get the character all oh, the excuses <laughs> they use <laughs> yeah i mean that might, might have been a part of a it was 1970s hollywood which, you know <laughs> it was a thing but i'm just but i'm just saying uh, i'm pretty sure though in in today's climate you're not going to hear about too many actors going to that length for no role. no you're not going to have drug dealers dealing drugs um or like on, on, uh, <laughs> To give you like a uh, less extreme example, um, Judd Nelson. Everybody likes Judd Nelson, right? Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. from your. So when he um, auditioned 
for um Bender for a Breakfast Club, right? Apparently, he came in. It was like the biggest asshole, like to, to the receptionist, to everybody. Like he was John Bender. Mm. So, and like, and that was like that basically. And he basically said an that was like a calculated decision, calculated risk on his part, right? Because because like nobody like at that point in time he's going in, nobody knows him, right? So like you could go in there as an asshole, and people might think either you're one of two things: either you're going to be perfect for this role, or you're an asshole. Get the fuck out the office. So like that was like a calculated thing. I mean, you got, his part. you got nothing to lose. You know, yeah. and especially he was a you know probably a, at that point Judd Nelson probably a starving actor. And we we did a show on Judd Nelson. You can also check that out um, in the archives on our anchor. But um, Judd Nelson, he had nothing to lose. I bet. You, like you said, you're fifty fifty. They're either gonna love you or hate you, and that's with anything. You could go in as the nicest guy in the world to an audition, and it's fifty fifty. They're gonna love you or hate you. You're gonna get the party or not. Pretty much everything in life is 50-50, if you think about it. <laughs> it's going to, you know, it's just the way it works. But, uh, yeah, Judd Nelson, another one. But I, I got to tell you, man, when I saw it, I was I was pretty floored. Um, you know, this was, uh, like, I mean, even you were like, you know, I was. you said you were gutted. And I kind of felt the same way, man. I'm like, my God. First of all, 67 yeah, sixty. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, like young, young, still young. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, we're looking at Al Pacino out there at eighty something years old, dancing in Beverly Hills, walking down the street with fucking headphones on. Yeah, which thank God we are, by the way, thank God. Uh, but it, it, it's just awful, um, you know that uh, losing one hell of an actor, man, one hell of an actor that. Um, you know, obviously, we're still going to get a few more films coming out of his. Like I said, he was. Uh, we're we're going to get Cocaine Bear, Anthony. I can't wait for that one. <laughs> Please tell me he's a. I hope that's a cartoon and he's a voice. That'd be even better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know who's going to be in charge of putting this stuff out, but um, if anybody of any note, any clout in Hollywood hears this, please don't let cocaine bear be like the when you go on his uh, imdb please don't have that be cocaine bear the last thing that we see on the credits final film role oh even if that's the last minute like can we kind of like shuffle that around i I just feel like i don't know that can't be the last credit role the final role can't be there's there's three more after it the substance uh, Dangerous Waters and that one that we talked about, the April 29th, which is about the Rodney King thing. Um, so there's three more after that that were filming. I don't know how far into filming they were, so I don't know. If they have enough to um, put them out. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, then again, we lost Paul Walker in the middle of Fast and Furious, and they just CGI'd his ass in there. For the for, for the finale of that movie, you know, for the final of that movie, used his brother for the next one, which I didn't watch yet. But uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if Ray Liotta has a twin. Maybe he maybe he's got a twin. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe you think they'll try to like Bowfinger? Did you ever see Bowfinger? <laughs> I did. I love that fucking movie, Bowfinger. Again, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll I'll always you know I'm giving flowers like Steve Martin's in a lot of my uh, <laughs> underrated gems. I like him in that. Like him in House Sitter. Um, the Jerk, obviously, My Blue Heaven. You know. Oh yeah. Steve Martin's. You know. 
forget about it to run on Saturday Night Live. Like, oh, amazing. <laughs> We're two wild and crazy guys. Oh, God, he was amazing. But, um, I mean, we've probably played, I would say, most of the best scenes of Reliota tonight. And, you know, I, 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 I I prefer to do these shows more as a uh, celebration, Anthony, than a, you know, than something sad and somber because, uh, you know, unfortunately, fortunately, when we do lose these actors, we have all these, um, these bodies of work they put together for us to remember them by. Yeah. You know, and definitely we have a lot of greatness from Ray Liotta that we've pretty much played tonight. So, man, I got to I, I don't know where to go from here, man. I think we're, uh, I mean, if you've got anything else, any more movies, what, what you got? Anything? I would just do, I would just do a strong recommendation that you uh, revisit this and do like a uh, Radiola Part 2, The Hidden Gems or, you know, something like that. Because I was looking down that list that you were uh, scrolling through on IMDb. I'm like, hmm. Like I said, they probably I mean they obviously didn't get a lot of play because a lot of them were probably like either straight to DVD or maybe like limited release. Mm-hmm. And he might have been like the biggest star in the movie in some cases, and it might have not had like that. It might have not have had enough of a strong enough supporting cast to like warrant like a wide release. So they just said, "Hey, we'll just throw it on a streaming service or Netflix it the death or something like that." Mm-hmm. But I would just do something like that to try to like you know. Just show that, like, because obviously he had a long career beyond, like, the early 2000s. Right. He was still actively working. Because I think a lot of people forget, just because you don't see somebody on, like, a big platform, big stage, don't mean they disappear. Some mm-hmm. people just move behind the scenes or they do, like, a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of work that's maybe personal to them. Like, you know, he did, like, a lot of roles that probably not mainstream per se, but he looked at the script and said, hmm, I can make this my own. and. I like the concept behind it, so let's rock with it. Yeah, and tons of actors now are doing stuff that goes either straight to Netflix, straight to Hulu, straight to straight to streaming, straight to DVD. People are doing that now, and it's not it, it, it's not frowned upon as it was back in the day. So yeah, we definitely uh, I definitely could do that. Um, maybe uh, me and you jump back and do that another time. Sure, I think that might but be I something say this, uh, though, done. Go ahead. Let me. Uh, as far as Shades of Blue, do mm-hmm. you think that um, had it come along maybe a couple years later as like an exclusive to like maybe like a Peacock or a, a Netflix, it would have had more of a, a longer shelf life? Oh, you know what? I think you may be right. I think you definitely could be right. Because I, like I said, I think it had a little too much of that Chicago PD. You had the old grizzled cop, which, uh, you know, you got Hank Voigt over there playing on Chicago PD, which I love Chicago PD. Uh, but you got him playing the almost the same role. And at the time, they had another girl on that show who was kind of playing the same role as J-Lo, that sort of dirty, sort of not cop. Um, you know, kind, kind of the dirty cop with the conscience, if you will. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing. So, I, you know, I, I can't say that's the reason that it didn't last long, but I think you're right. I think if it came to... Um, if it was a few years later, maybe five years later, I think, and it had come to some, one of the streaming services, I think it could have been a huge show. And you're right, like a Peacock or a, something like that. But unfortunately, a lot of those shows don't want to do cop shows right now anymore, which I don't blame them at this point. But um, 
the cop shows we have right now, though, are great. And like I said, we got Chicago PD and all those shows. But um, I really think it did remind people too much of Chicago PD. It was very similar. And every time I watched an episode, I was like, this is even more Chicago PD-ish than the show is. Um, but still a great show. Anything with Ray Liotta was great. And Jennifer Lopez really is actually a damn good actor. And uh, I liked her on the show, too. I think they actually had great chemistry together, those two. Yeah. So, but man, you're you're right. If that had come to say even a Hulu or a Netflix, it probably would yeah. have done a shitload better. Yeah, and people probably thinking like, well, you know, why would like stars of that caliber, uh, Jennifer Lopez, Ray Liotta, want to do like a stream? Look at Netflix; they're paying out big money to like Dave Chappelle, Adam Sandler. You know, like they literally had career renaissance strictly coming off of Netflix. Yeah. Like Adam Sandler never has to release another movie worldwide ever again. No, <laughs> no, he got a gigantic, like hundred million dollar deal for seven fucking movies, and I, you know, I honestly I haven't seen those yet. Um, any of them from Netflix, I need to though. They're all on my list, and they stay there for a long time, so they're not going anywhere. But um, you know, the Dave Chappelle thing. Dave Chappelle is killing it over there, and they are fucking. I, I, I got to tell you, I I applaud Netflix for standing up for Dave Chappelle like they have. Um, they've stood with him through thick and thin. And I mean, most of what he's done, I've spoke about, he's, it's just comedy. It's, this is what comedy is. Comedy is, if comedy is not offensive, it's not fucking funny. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. And the guy, I gotta ask you, the guy that attacked him, the whole attack thing, Anthony, I'm sure you got to it on your show, but what was your thoughts on that whole thing when the guy fucking went after him? And the fact that Jamie Foxx was one of them that started beating the shit out of the guy and he given Sunday style. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard actually, no, it was all security. It's actually come out that it wasn't, um, it wasn't, uh, like Jamie Foxx or no. who else was in there? Uh, Buster Rhymes. They said John Stewart. They were actually not involved. Everybody that was involved in the attack was uh, like the security team. Okay, okay. But I do agree with what Jamie Foxx said, that uh, Dave Chappelle is a uh, national treasure and we got to take care of that, man. I do agree that. <laughs> I just thought it was just, you know, just, 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 to, I just thought the whole thing was just like stupid. And the, the whole thing was just like, oh my God, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? But I will say this. I did laugh when I saw the guy's arm looking like a question mark. I said, good. <laughs> That was my that was like my honest to god initial reaction good, because yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Like at the end of the day, like you have to make examples. Yeah, you 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 have to make examples. Like you know, I know some people. Oh, you might have went too far. No, you have to show people what happens when you do stupid shit. You have to like set an example. That yeah. when you cross, like I said, like whether you go to any type of entertainment event. Whether it's a wrestling show, whether it's a comedy, mm-hmm. you have to understand that there's a separation of church and state. Yes. Like that that barricade is there for a reason. Like you can yell, scream, flip it, whatever you want. But once you cross that line, you gotta realize that you're stepping into their world. Oh yeah. And that there there are consequences and repercussions. They to me, at that point in time, they have the license to do whatever they need to do. Because when somebody's coming at you in that in that fashion where you're not used to it. It's like you don't know what kind of threat that person poses. Right. You have to isolate the threat. Yeah. And supposedly the guy had a some sort of fake gun with a knife in it. So he still had a knife, which I've said before, a knife is nothing to fuck with, um, especially up close. So, you know, I, 
I'm glad they did what they did. I thought it was insane too. And now the guy is saying, oh, I was inspired by Will Smith. I don't believe that. I think he's trying to just play. I think his lawyer is saying, Will Smith, Will Smith. Um, But I mean, that was pretty insane too. Now, there was something going around on Facebook, Anthony, about the Will Smith thing, about how that was all a actual, like almost literally from an old movie. It's kind of weird, but there's a scene from an old movie that was almost like that. It was kind of weird. But um, yeah, some people think it's uh, coming out that it was kind of staged. Yeah. Um, I know Ken Williams put out a statement that he thinks it was uh, set up. Just the way. whole way that it played out, like just. <laughs> Some things look staged, some things don't. But here's the one thing that I got a question for, Anthony. Why would one guy's one guy want to skyrocket his career, and why would the other guy want to tank his? Because let's face it, Will Smith's career is tanking. Yeah. And, why? Uh, I'm gonna see if I can pull up. Matter of fact, let me see if I can uh, pull it up for you. And it wasn't even like a racial thing because he basically he compared it to like uh, if you look at like um Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. At a point, at, at a point, at a particular point in time, they were like Hollywood tops. Oh yeah, but like he basically made the uh, basically the assumption that Hollywood is a business. Yes. And once they once they realize once they figure out that you may not no longer be good for business, they system they find ways to kind of bring you down. Yeah. And like he, he basically equated it to like, let me see, let me see if I can find a clip because it's it's really pretty insightful clip. But like, what do you think about like that? Do you think that like Hollywood puts things in places to kind of like knock people off of their perches? Oh yeah, if, if they feel like they've outlived their usefulness. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. Hollywood is such a it's it's a place I wouldn't want to be, dude. It's a fucking it's it's a cult I wouldn't want to be in. <laughs> to be honest with you, and you know, it's funny you can see the guys that are on the outside of it. You know, Keanu seems like he's kind of outside of that fucking, you know, realm of people. Um, Matthew McConaughey seems like he's kind of one of the other guys that are just down to earth and don't want anything to do with the Hollywood weirdness and craziness. Okay, so I did just send you the uh, clip on Messenger. All right, give me one second. It's about like a... And by the way, quick plug for uh, Comedy Hype. Follow them on YouTube. That's a great uh, channel. Great channel. Let me pull up. I just got Messenger pulled up. You can see it right there. Go to Anthony. You did? Let me hit the old refresh button, sir. Because that might work. And it didn't. Has it gone through? Let me see. (laughs) You sure that was me? Let me see. All right. I'll hit refresh one more time and see what happens. Oh, wait. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. I got it. I got it. I got it. Give me one sec. Yeah. Let me pull this up. There we go. Cat Williams. How to escape the heat if you don't have an air conditioner. Uh, let's wait for this ad to get over with, and then we'll go from there. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay, here we go. I'm John Alba. We're now two months removed from the infamous Oscars collab between Will Smith and Chris Rock, and people are still offering their opinions on the matter. One figure who has held his silence was none other than Cat Williams. As Scott was preparing for the release of his latest stand-up comedy special, World War III, on Netflix, he stopped by the Naked Podcast hosted by Carrie Champion, where she was able to interview the legendary comedian about his career, his newest comedy special, as well as the Oscar slap. From Cat's point of view, the whole thing was a setup. I'm in the production business. I understand what it's worth doing for ratings. 
I understand what it's worth doing when the industry is canceling one black guy. So the question is, hey, your quarterback just got sacked. Did we know we were about to sack your quarterback? We absolutely did. It was a play buddy. We've been rehearsing it, working it out, making sure that at some point when you get to this level, we can make sure we can knock you from a $20 million man to putting it in the news that people won't hire you anymore and your career is done. Cat decided to make his point even clearer by stating that everything that happens in a business that's based off of a pretend that seems like a setup usually is. We have to understand that these are two giants in our field if you're a black person. This is the two guys too big and too good to be involved in what they're in. They would make sense if it was me and Michael Blackson slapping each other, not Will Smith and Chris Rock. When two large boulders come together and you can't see Chris Rock winning at all, he's humiliated. If you were gonna slap a comedian, he was the number one to slap, head of the coons, so slappable. And if you're gonna slap him, you just need the greatest guy. The one who's shown us his best behavior since the 90s. That guy is the one who will have to slap him in order for that type of ratings we need and attention to be on this thing. Cat would also point out that in the specific scenario, only the artists are losing money, but someone is making big money off the scandal, saying they killed this $20 million guy, referencing Will Smith, but they reaped $60 million in benefits. The two would come to a conclusion that the reason why the slap was magnified was because of who was involved. If you put any other names together, the police are out on stage, they've cut the commercial, so you didn't see what happened. There's a certain way things are handled when it's not intentional. When things go so smoothly, but they seem chaotic, that means that there was forethought and a plan. Even if it looks like Janet Jackson just had a wardrobe malfunction, there's no such thing. Somebody benefited in all these situations. There's a business involved and there's real money involved and somebody is benefiting from this thing that looks like, oh, that just happened? No, no way, no way. The topic of the conversation then switched from the Oscar slap to the Hollywood Bowl tackle. Cat said that it would be hard for a homeless person to get in the Hollywood Bowl, never mind rushing the stage. There is a business where they fiddle with the perception of the people, and that's part of your job. Back in the day, it was called propaganda. Now it's just business. They decided that they were finished with Will when he did After Earth with Jaden. From there, they've done what was necessary to take him from a $20 million movie to put him in a position where maybe it can appear he has a nervous breakdown and is now unemployable. Cat doesn't think the motive is racial because he used Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie as examples of movie stars who once made $20 million a movie who are now hung out to dry. Cat would reiterate one last time that this was a business move at its highest level. So what do you guys think about Kat's stance about the Oscar slap? Do you agree? Let's talk about it more in the comments below. And to save the day for more original news and comedy by subscribing here to our YouTube channel and follow Comedy Hype across all social media. For Comedy Hype. Okay. All right, some of that seems a little conspiracy theory-ish. A little bit, some of it. Yeah. Um, I see what he's saying. I do. I get it. And I see how he's thinking a lot of this stuff is set up. And I, I you know what? I don't doubt it. He's more tied into the, uh, you know, Hollywood industry than most of us or any of us, to be honest with you. So he would know a little more than all of us. But I just don't see why would they want to kill Will Smith's career like that? And why? 
why would he just willingly go along with it and do it? Why? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that whole situation was just a bad look for, you know, for a lot of reasons. But like, it's kind of like, I guess you have to kind of like lend a little bit of credence, at least from the production standpoint, because just to kind of like tie in a little bit of a wrestling talk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, rest in peace to uh, Scott Hall. He put out a very interesting theory like years ago about Montreal. He basically, because he worked with Vince, like, you know, he's like, Vince is a production guy. Mm-hmm. And he basically watched it. He said, like, literally, if if the whole thing was, you know, a shoot, why would why would they get the perfect camera angles? Like, why would you have, like, why would uh, Vince keep the camera on Brett long enough for him to air right his competitor clear as day, you know, destroying equipment and all that type of, why would he film all of that? Mm -hmm. Like, even with the Oscar slap thing, like, literally, like, that was a chaotic situation, but was it a controlled chaotic situation? Because if it was really that out of control, why would they keep the cameras on? Like, 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 why why would we see that much of it? Like I said, that's just playing me playing devil's advocate on a situation. No, I know, and and that's what's going to keep the situation kind of in the media for a long time is that it has a lot of questions. Was it set up? Was it not? We don't know. <clears throat> like I said, a lot of it does seem like it could have been. Um, I think it's funny seeing all these little uh, pictures and memes of uh, Chris Rock bracing for the slap. And I'm like, you could slow-mo like, that. <laughs> you could slow-mo that all day and get the same fucking reaction. He saw the man come and he didn't know what was happening. I mean, it's... It, it, but my thing is, I mean, first of all, let's just say this: Will Will Smith ain't got much of a slap. He, Chris Rock didn't even go down. <laughs> Chris Rock is like Brock Lesnar if you think about it. <laughs> he didn't even go down from the slap. Um, but it, it, there are a lot of. I definitely said there are a lot of questions. I just don't see. Okay, I see Hollywood making that plan, and I get it. And Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie are still... The reason they got their whole thing tanked was because they're not good people to each other. Um, I think we've seen that with uh, Depp and Amber Heard. Are we saying that's all fake, too? I mean, Amber Heard's trial, the whole thing is fake, but that's just Amber Heard. I mean, Hollywood is just... Hollywood, and... I get thinking everything is fake in Hollywood. It's like thinking everything is fake in wrestling. It's the same thing. But some of that stuff just seems a little out there to me. <laughs> a little. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tend to think that it was a, a an unfortunate situation mm-hmm. that uh, broke down and just a pup on a, on a big stage that was unfortunate for everybody involved. Because, like, if you look at at least with the... Um, the Montreal uh, situation, you could at least say those, if that wasn't in fact the word, mm-hmm. everybody benefited. You could say like, oh, Brett got to go to WCW and make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. He might have not been creatively satisfied, but he, you know, money, money cures a lot of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Vince, you know, Vince got the um, Mr. McMahon character off the ground that made him God knows how much money. Sean got a, another quick run at the top, mm-hmm. and like they were everybody kind of benefited from that situation. With the Will Smith, and, nobody looks good in that situation. No, Chris Rock got bitched out. Will Smith had his marriage called into question. You know, all kind. You know, especially I would say Chris Rock to me came out 
the weakest of that in that situation, that scenario. His manhood's been questioned, all kinds of things. Will Smith's personal life's been questioned, his marriage. Was he is he basically like a puppet for his wife? I mean, all Yeah. Kinds. Meanwhile, Chris Rock is selling out concerts everywhere. Or, you know, comedy shows everywhere. So he he's the one benefiting more than anybody. Um and you know what? I, I, I said this back when we talked about it before on uh on the other show that you know it neither way does it look good if it was real that basically is just promoting violence and if it's fake it really means that you can use violence to you know narrow kind of control a situation and there's no good look to it you know where 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 everyone is trying to stop all kinds of violence all over the place and it's just not good to have it on national television with high-profile actors that, let's face it, Will Smith is basically a role model to a lot of children out there of of every race, color, creed, religion, everything. He really is because, let's face it, Will Smith is a bad motherfucker when it comes to acting. He's been acting for a very long time. no. In real life as well, because we heard, like I said, we thanks to the uh, good folks internationally mm-hmm. that, that that released the uh, unedited footage. Yeah, because I'm sure you've seen it by now. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that was almost it was scary how quiet that auditorium got when he you literally <laughs> Will Smith's anger reverberated over off of every inch of that building. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like uncomfortable silence. They had that many people in one space, but you can hear you only hear one person. Just yelling at the top of their lungs. That's a scary situation. <laughs> now, if they had a mic, that definitely would have seemed like he, it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, Will, we need you to see. All right, all right. Cue it, cue it. Just... That would have been great if he had a, if he was already wired. And he walked up there. They'd be like, all right, something's wrong with this motherfucker. But, uh, yeah, it's it, just a crazy situation, man. And you know what? If I, I was afraid to even say that night that... You know, people are going to fucking see this situation and want to recreate it and do it and think, oh, well, I guess you can just walk up there and security ain't going to jump you. And then we get the Dave Chappelle jump and now he's lawyers or you probably probably using the Dave, the uh, Chris Rock, Will Smith situation to just kind of make it a more famous case. Yes, yeah, an attack on comedy. Free yeah. Speech, which, uh, by the way, cheap, cheap plug. Um. Have you been? Have you watched the uh, George Carlin special on HBO Max? I have not. Uh, it's just a two-parter. Um, I've watched part one. I definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. And it's basically kind of like it's basically similar to like uh, if you are familiar with uh, Lenny Bruce, yeah, or uh, Richard Pryor's story, like pre before they became what we knew him as. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much how George Carlin uh, kind of like started out, right. pretty straight laced, and then like he just realized along the way. This ain't me. Yeah. You know, he, he basically said, no, I'm a hippie. I like to smoke weed. I like <laughs> I like to talk about real shit. He just took off the suit and let his hair grow out. And, and became the, the, rest of history. the amazing comedian we all knew. I'm going to have to check that out because I love George Carlin. I used to I thought he was great back in the day and just always a great comedian. And he was great in the movie Dogma. In uh, <laughs> so. a similar situation, they tried to get him on... Um, and I think this is what it, uh, inspired, like, the uh, seven words you're not allowed to say, that mm. that bit. It was him, yeah, tried, yeah. 
Yeah, they yeah, they basically tried to do to him what they did to Lenny Bruce. They got him on obscenity charges. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is you know, which look at where we're at now. I Lenny know. Bruce is like he he was a mar- he died for our sins. Yes, like he if did. you're a comedian, if you're like no seriously, like if you're somebody that has a platform and you say all types of crazy shit like a Howard Stern type or you know, Don Amis back in the you know, once upon a time, you have Lenny Bruce to think. Like he basically died for your sins. Oh God! He took the first bullet. <laughs> and I mean, let's say Eddie Murphy, Sam Kinison, Andrew Dice Clay. We the, the the list can keep going on of dirty comedians. Um, that you're right. Have Lenny Bruce to thank. So, but um, man, I got nothing else. And uh, I mean, Ray Liotta. I mean, I I don't even know what to say. Sixty-seven years old was way too young. We should have had. So many more uh, movies with this guy. But um, the movies we have are amazing. The scenes we play tonight are great scenes for a reason because just uh, Ray Liotta was in them and his acting chops were huge. Yeah. And uh, I got to add, I've basically been... um... I gotta add it to my watch list now, and, um, and this has really nothing to do with Ray Liotta, but it sort of does. I'll tie it in in a second. I, the Irishman, mm. um, and basically, I bring that up specifically because more than likely, it's the last time that um, you're gonna have that core working together. Right. Scorsese, De Niro, Joe Pesci, um, Al Pacino never really worked with Scorsese, but just to have just to have that type of ta- that level of talent in one place at one time it's never going to happen again right and just the fact that you know we kind of never got to see De Niro Pesci and Leota in some type of form or fashion interact again on film past Goodfellas it's kind of like disheartening mm-hmm. that like I mean like don't get me wrong they went out on a good note with that movie but it's kind of like you kind of think that there was so much they more they could have did post Goodfellas just like something and the fact that we never got them in some type of movie, even if it wasn't mob related, right? You know, just it's kind of like one of those things where I just feel like it was just like a sadly a missed opportunity that we'll never be able to recapture again. Yeah, you know, and real quick, just to kind of wrap, I think if you took a movie like Goodfellas from 1990 and introduced it, let's say even in 2020, two years ago, I think with streaming services and everything, we would have had a lot more with these guys together doing other things for this streaming service, that streaming service. Let's get these guys together for this, for that. I think it would have been a different story had it been out today, but it was 1990. Pretty much you made a movie and you went to the next one. You know, you, you, you made a movie, you promoted the movie, you went on to the next one. You made that movie, you promoted that movie, you went on to the next one. Now... We know a little bit how to um, hang on to things a little more, and yeah. and we do. I mean, when something's popular, it's popular for a good a good while until it fades out, and we get the next popular thing that comes in. All right. So, box on that note, I think it's up to us to kind of like we got to get the bubble wrap, find uh, find Pesci, find De Niro, Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, wrap Paul them all Sabino, up. Just, mm-hmm. just Gotta wrap them in bubble wrap, man. Cause I, I can't, man. Like I can't. lock them down. Let's just lock yeah. them the fuck down. They all need to be locked down. Uh, let's pretend it's COVID again, 
And uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still crying over James Gandolfini, and that's been over ten years. Oh, I mean, almost ten years. I I still hate the last movie I saw that man in was uh, the, the 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 incredible Burt Wonderstone. No, just the, you know, just the fact that we were literally like right around the time he passed. I think that's when they were thinking about doing like a, a Sopranos movie proper, and I, yep. and that's why they had to pivot and do the seat do the prequel. Right. You know, they put his son in it, and oh, you know, all due respect, you know, it just wasn't the same, man. We we needed like the core cast back together once again. One last run to kind of tie up that you know suspect ending of the show and just kind of like. But once again, it's just like that. That was a situation where nobody's fault necessarily. Just you know, life happens. It got in the way. Right. Well, you know, speaking of tying up a show, Anthony, I think we're going to go ahead and tie this bad boy up right here. And we started with Goodfellas. We started with the introduction to Goodfellas, and we're going to end with the ending scene to Goodfellas. But not before, Anthony. I thank you for coming on here. I have missed talking to you. I've told you many times that I miss talking to you and us doing this show. And um, you're welcome back to this show any, 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 any time. And uh, we are not going to get out of here one more time. Tell them all about the Weekly Detour, sir. Hey, first off, thank you for having me again. And hey, got to get you to take that detour with me one day, me and Teddy. Find Definitely, us uh, wherever you get your uh, podcast at. I'm trying to get on uh, iTunes, but uh, for now, you can find us on Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Just type in Weekly Detour and Teddy. And uh, we norm- I normally uh, make sure I drop the episodes every Saturday, Saturday afternoon. So always look for them wherever you get your podcast. And please leave review. That's been my new gimmick. Algorithms. Leave Algorithms. Reviews, that's how you climb the charts. There you go. Definitely go over there, leave a review. And um, there you go. Weekly Detour. Check it out. And on that note, folks, to uh, wrap up this uh, Ray Liotta tribute episode, um, like I said, we started off with the intro to Goodfellas. We will now end with the ending scene to Goodfellas. And uh, thank you all for joining us. I'll see y'all next week. Here we go. It was easy for all of us to disappear. My house was in my mother-in-law's name. My cars were registered to my wife. My social security cards and driver's licenses were phonies. I never voted. I never paid taxes. My birth certificate and my arrest sheet. That's all you'd ever have to know I was alive. see him here in the courtroom today? Yes. Could you please point him out? Your Honor, please let the record reflect that Mr. Hill has identified defendant James Conway. Mr. Hill, do you also know a man by the name of Paul Cicero? Yes. Do you see him here in the courtroom today? Yes. Can you point him out for the members of the jury? Fucking rat. Your Honor, let the record reflect that Mr. Hill has identified the defendant, Paul Cicero. <laughs> Your Honor, I have a document that I'd like to have marked. See, the hardest thing for me was leaving the life. I still love the life. And we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. Our wives, mothers, kids, everybody rode along. I had paper bags filled with jewelry stashed in the kitchen. I had a sugar bowl full of coke next to the bed. People call them rats because a rat will do anything to survive. Isn't that right, Mr. Hill? Objection. Objection, sister. Uh, Look, I don't know nothing about being a rat. Mr. Hill, you know everything about being a rat. Objection, Your Honor. In view of the violence... Anything I wanted was a phone call away. Free cars, the keys to a dozen hideout flats all over the city. I'd bet 20, 30 grand over a weekend, and then I'd either blow the winnings in a week or go to the Sharks to pay back the bookies. Didn't matter. 
didn't mean anything. When I was broke, I would go out and rob some more. We ran everything. We paid off cops, we paid off lawyers, we paid off judges. Everybody had their hands out. Everything was for the tape. And now it's all over. And that's the hardest part. And today everything is different. There's no action. I have to wait around like everyone else. Can't even get decent food. Right after I got here, I ordered some spaghetti with marinara sauce and I got egg noodles and ketchup. I'm an average nobody. Get to live the rest of my life like a schnook. Thank you.